time. Everybody to get quiet. Just yeah, in time. <laughs> Awkward silence. Sorry, I'm just looking at like a friend of mine that I used to work with use a flamethrower to get rid of snow. And I'm just like, <laughs> I miss Libby. She's an entertaining lady. But, you know. <laughs> what could go way. wrong? Oh, Jesus, with her in a, a flamethrower? <laughs> Lots of things. Got a, anyway, I said I got her a name big too. pile of, uh, of snow in front of my girl right now that I need to fucking melt because, like, I put all the snow there before I realized that that was where the grill was going to live, and so now I have to fucking navigate around it. So I could use I could use a, a flamethrower for that. These things happen. We're, we're actually like most of that snow's gone down here now, so like it's yeah, mo- it's like eighty percent gone now. Yeah. <laughs> It sucked walking around for a couple of weeks. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Korea. Shut up, South Korea. Uh, 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 we haven't had snow in like three weeks or something like that. Well, neither have we, but it, it lasted when it came the yeah, last exactly. time. It sucked so. us in the summer when it's like 110 fucking degrees down there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Friday was wow. 16 degrees Tim, Celsius. You, for, you forget the humidity in southern Ontario. Like, you really have... Yeah. You I haven't been here for summer. a good summer. That's true. <laughs> well, you're here for, you weren't here for last summer. Yeah, I got Were back you? in in uh, April. Oh, yeah, this year is just fuck, fucking a blur. Yeah, that's right. You have been here. It like, yeah. doesn't make well, sense anymore. Coming up on a year. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because your house doesn't have air conditioning. Are you going to be bitching? That's right. Yeah, I forgot. I, I totally forgot. Yep. All right. That's awesome. Welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. Just us bitching about the weather or not talking. So one one or the other to start an episode off, usually. Uh, this is episode 241, an oasis in a desert of shit, as we're in the middle of Tim's Superman movie marathon. We watched Superman 3 last week, and I'm still fucking recovering from it. Quest for Peace next week. Oh, I know. And next week is fucking Quest for Peace. I'm just like, oh, thank God WandaVision's here, you know? Like, I'm so happy we had WandaVision in between. Um, yeah, so I'm Mark, uh, joined as ever with by Tim. Hey-o. Say hello. Hi, folks. And uh, we had a we have another wild Paul reappearance. I had to come back for WandaVision. I had to. Yeah, <laughs> I had to. Can't not talk about Marvel shit with us, eh, kid? Right, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm mid move, and I just finished my first week of my elementary school. I'm dealing with 28 kids at the same time now instead of just 12. <laughs> but like, you know, it's cool. How's that happening? How's that working for you? I, I thought it would be scarier, but it's just like the same thing, but on a slightly larger scale. You know, you just got to dive in. And it's like, it, yeah, it's just like spinning more plates. You know, got to spin the plates. And chair then, shots? Is that is that what we're talking about? Uh, just hit them with chairs, right? I was ready. I would, for some oh, there it is. Kids, I knew, I knew kids. if I said something, he'd, he'd have it. <laughs> He'd have a moment if I said something nasty. Some anyway, of these kids. Anyway, oh, yeah, good. yeah. I had to come back from Wandavision, even though I am still assembling IKEA furniture. I'm in that. That's fair. Yeah, got to do it. And yeah, we are. Yeah, Wandavision this week. So like, no teeth gnashing. This won't be as profanity laced as the last episode was. <laughs> I apologize for my performance last week. It was, it was rage fueled based it was, on. It was warranted. I would say yeah, that movie just that broke me a little bit. It's still breaking me. <laughs> Thinking about it, it's got, causing me like. Little fits. So let's get into the news. Uh, it's been a quiet week. I don't want to talk about the Star Trek movie <laughs> at all. That, that's like the biggest. That's uh, the biggest news that, that kind of happened this week. Yeah. yeah. So Kalinda Vasquez, uh, who's a producer and writer on Star Trek Discovery, has been hired by Paramount to write a new original Star Trek movie that will be produced by J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot. And everybody knows how much we love Discovery around here, so we are thrilled about this announcement, right? Jesus right? Christ. 
I, I was kind of hoping they would do that Tarantino movie. Like, even if he didn't direct it, like they would just do it kind of thing just for yeah. something different at this point. I'm not looking forward to this at all. So I don't um, know. I don't know. I, I guess, do we expect that this is probably going to be a Kelvin verse continuation? From what I gather so far, that's the best possible case for this. The worst case right now is that it's a discovery movie. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Like, and again, it's just like they've been doing Star Trek movies, like trying to get a Star Trek movie off the ground since Beyond kind of, I'll say, underperformed at the box office. It basically bombed at the box office. And it was a, it was a fucking good movie, too. Best of those three movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Easily better than two. And oh, my yeah. God. I think just as good as one for me. I like it a little bit better because it feels more lived in. Like that first movie, I have like big caveat, like asterisks around my enjoyment of. Uh, whereas Beyond, I can kind of like all that shit's way in the past now. And I can just kind of like deal with it as a Star Trek story. I'm like, this feels like nice, fun Star Trek story. Good times. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't just like, oh, wait, that was fun. Let's just do another one of those and see if we can like maybe eventually this will stick. Like the fan base yeah. was happy. Maybe make one that's a little bit more broadly friendly and then hope for the best kind of thing as opposed to like not do anything and then discovery is a fucking disaster and then Picard's a disaster and then the best show that they did so far is an animated farce yeah i, I haven't seen that but i you would enjoy it you probably enjoy it as much as we did we had a good time with it it was fun yeah. you know what i mean and i didn't watch the the latest season of discovery either don't, because don't. yeah yeah, exactly. Because you got like I I was forced to watch it for the podcast the first two <laughs> seasons like in a very short amount of time. Which oh my god! Re- if if any of our listeners recall, was not a good time for me, and I was very angry because <laughs> it's such a bad show. It's oh really god. bad. So I don't know why they're throwing good money after bad and like getting a discovery writer to write a discovery- whole fucking movie. Why there's is it, is so, it there's, successful? There's so, yeah, there's so many people that fucking love the shit out of Discovery. And no judgment, it doesn't work for me, but I guess, you know, that if that's the way they want to go, I don't uh, know. I am, like, primo millennial snowflake, like, and I hate Discovery. It, like, mm. it's just the fucking, it's just so badly written, and it doesn't... I don't know. I, uh, I, also, I also sit here and go, like, some people convince themselves the last batch of Star Wars movies were good. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like Rise of Skywalker was a disaster. Kind of yeah, let's, let's not rehash that one. But that's what I mean. Like, I, I can understand how people could have the cognitive dissonance to be like, well... I really want to like this, so like I'm just gonna like it regardless. <laughs> like, so I don't know that those the what's going on with Star Trek right now is just thank God for Marvel. You know, like if I didn't have Marvel, I'd just be losing my fucking mind. I guess at this point, so <laughs> it's, they're still hitting it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. So there you go. Let's move on from that. Just more dumb crap. Apparently, Steven Spielberg and the Duffer Brothers will be taking on Stephen King. <laughs> it's a novel called The Talisman that he wrote under a pen name. I think that's one of those Richard Strobe ones. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's going to be the, the, the guys who made Stranger Things, instead of just homaging Stephen King, are just whole hog making a Stephen King thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's at Netflix or not. I would assume it is because that's where they kind of yeah, are. I think that's where they've got their, their uh, overall deal. deal. Yeah. yeah. So I'd, I imagine it would be. Netflix, I read this book. Like, I just fucking. Was this like the thirtieth fucking in production Stephen King project right now? Hey man, he's hot right now. So what are right you gonna do? Like, got... Yeah, they're so hot. Castle Rock just got canceled. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I don't. What do you want me to tell you? They 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 mine this shit till they're still making Harry Potter crap. 
Like, yeah. what do you want from me, Tim? They still make DC movies. Like, I don't know. Hey, those those are still making money. I guess maybe. I don't uh, know if Wonder Woman eighty four is like. No, Wonder Woman eighty four is probably a write off. Even if it did make money, it shouldn't have made fucking money. No, so there I you. agree with that. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> oh man. I didn't yeah, you weren't here for that one. Oh boy, I had I yeah. had so many problems with that movie. Oh boy. Yeah, I think I think we oh voiced boy. most of them on that episode yeah. for you for yeah. the most part because I was I was irate during that episode also. Yeah. So that was but frustrating. They, they were on a streak before that. Aquaman, Shazam, and, uh, yeah. and Wonder Woman were all solid. Yeah, Maybe yeah, more like breakaway fucking fanatical hits or whatever. But they all did well. Yeah, then they let Snyder back in the house and things started falling apart. <laughs> we go. When's that? That's a couple weeks from now. Oh, God, I can't. Yeah, I, I can. A week and a half. What are we going to do? Oh, no. So we're going to go. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have Superman 4 and then the Snyder cut. Oh, oh Mark, you're going to have God. such a fun time. You're just going to have a blast. <laughs> going to be so good for you and then you know what right after that superman Superman returns Returns. superman returns right after that i'm gonna try and i I gotta hunt down see see if there's an animal this episode uh, needs to last forever so we could just i could just live in marvel land for like this week before tim tortures me to death thank god fucking uh falcon and winter soldier starts in the middle of all this shit also so i'll have some marvel fantastic quality stuff to distract me from all this Awful Superman shit is going to inflict on me. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next story, which is just more shit. Apparently, the Terminator universe is back as a Netflix anime, which actually I will give them is probably the only place it should be at this point is a Netflix anime, is what the Terminator basically is at as a franchise now. That's the yeah, level it's on. Yeah, this, this makes sense to me because, like, I mean, we've tried to do big feature length. Terminator movies over and over again, and they've just been hot fucking garbage. Oh my so like, god! But it's a cool fucking world that there's lots of interesting things you could tell. Just not all of them warrant a fucking feature length movie. So yeah. maybe something because like they always want to remake the good way first two movies when they well, make like, the movies. Yeah, they, they, they always go back to like dude and recon it. And, yeah. So it like, and, there's so many cool directions you could go in that also mostly equal the matrix but i mean like it's got its own little spot that they can do stuff in yeah. so that's cool i mean and like the netflix anime stuff tends to have it's been a, good and it's more yeah it's more mature bent it's gonna it can be super violent it can be serialized they could just make basically they should just make ghosts in the shell standalone complex because that's basically what it's all agreed that kind of shit too and then yep. and just make it look super cool like the castlevania show or that yeah. what was that the the Greek mythology one that I kind of want to watch, but it looks kind of terrible, but I'm going to watch it anyway because it's Greek mythology. Something oh, like yeah, yeah, Blood of yeah. Yeah, Blood of Zeus. Yeah, the animation looks really good on that. I was yeah. curious about it. So even the Voltron, the Voltron one, like has good animation. We're coming up on that He-Man Masters of the Universe uh, project that Kevin Smith's working on. So like, yeah, they've got some cool animation in the pipe. And if this is just another one of those, like it just happens to be good along with like Godzilla was also pretty good on Netflix not too long ago. Like where these random big franchises have animation drops on Netflix and you're like, oh, I'll watch it because it's going to take three hours to get through. And it's like, oh, that was reasonably entertaining for an animated thing. So great. Perfect. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll watch this. I like the Terminator movies. I've seen all of them. I even watched the show. Sarah Connor Chronicles. Sarah Connor Chronicles was solid. I watched. It was an excellent show. Yeah, show was fucking fantastic. Lena Headey and Summer Glau. It was the last probably fucking good thing Terminator did. 
Uh, yeah. It absolutely was, yeah. And then well, who else was in there that I always like to bring up? Uh, Shirley Manson. Shirley Manson was the other T-1000. Yeah, Shirley Manson. Just <laughs> yeah. show up and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love you. Well, maybe that sh- goes to show that it will lend itself to a good serialized storyline rather than, yeah, a feature-length yeah. monstrosity. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, yeah, I think the series was probably the best example of a good Terminator like, story being told like in since like it's the best one since T2. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, <laughs> just, just leave John Connor and his whole like fucking like timeline out of it. Cause yeah. that is a fucking garbage fire mess. Now just fucking do something new. Like the well is dry on that one. It's dry. It's done. <laughs> do like the Terminator version of the Mandalorian. Like tell us some fucking stories in the far flung future that are like, yeah, man, you know, apocalypse world where it doesn't fucking involve, John Connor and the goddamn resistance constant. Concurred. Speaking of, you know, trying to plumb a dead well, uh, Disney's live action Pinocchio has cast some people. Who cares? I just like bringing it up because Paul's here. Because for some reason, Joseph Gordon, Joseph Gordon Levitt is going to be <laughs> Jiminy Cricket, I guess. <laughs> what? Uh, Cynthia Erivo will be the Blue Fairy. Keegan Michael Key will play Honest John. He's, he's the guy that uh, sells Pinocchio to Stromboli. Okay, sure. Uh, Lorraine Bracco will voice uh, a new character creator for the film, Sophia the Seagull. That's, mm. yeah, I, uh, what the fuck? And the Why? kid, the kid from Haunting of Blind Manor is playing fucking Pinocchio. Ugh. Is that who it is? Yeah. Ugh. That's, uh, fantastic. Yeah, anyway, ben- Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, who, who played the, the male, the, the young boy in, uh, Haunting of Blind Manor. They're just going to keep making these live action versions of these movies, no matter how ill-advised they are, right? Like, that's just going to be a thing they're doing. They're yeah. they're making money. They're still making money. I'm just waiting for live action Home on the Range in five years. <sighs> yeah, I guess, right? <laughs> live action Treasure Treasure Island. or uh, Treasure Planet. Treasure, Treasure Planet. And I would be down for a live action Treasure Planet. Live that's action cool. Atlantis, The Lost Continent, oh, and shit okay. like that. But really plumbing the depths. Time. Pass on <laughs> Atlantis. Pass on. Well, I mean, it looks like there, like there was a, a story also this week about one of their CEOs, or maybe it's just the CEO now. Is this the CEO yeah, of right, Disney, right. Uh, Bob Chapek? Yeah, uh, saying that like they're probably not going to be able to ever 100 percent change back to like theatrical exhibitions. Like you're not just going to be able to just do that anymore. Like we're going to have to adapt to a new way of showing film and stuff. And I'm like, well, if you're putting out movies like P- Pinocchio, then yeah, put that directly to streaming because like. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! But like, I still, like, I still want to see Black Widow in a theater. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would take it on a home video right now because it's been so long. I mean, we got now that we've got Wandavision, it's a little bit less like give me some fucking Marvel for the love of God. But uh, I would still like just, to see it. I just feel bad, like for folks that live in like smaller towns, kind of thing. That probably you know, a lot of them aren't going to have theaters probably coming out of COVID that did going into it. I, just, like, I don't know if there's one here. Living in Toronto, living in yeah, I was going to say like even even living in like St. Catharines, like you know who knows how many theaters are going to end up in your area coming out of this, if any. There's only one here that is. There's only one in St. Catharines, and it's not a Cineplex. There's a Cineplex in Niagara Falls and Welland right now, mm-hmm. um, but the one that was in St. Catharines was the one that I used to work at and has been closed for two decades now or something like that that's how old i am the place that i basically grew up in is fucking gone <laughs> and then yeah the other theater was a famous players but then didn't get bought out by cineplex it got bought out by somebody called legacy or some shit hmm. what the they fuck like second landmark like landmark. landmark it's called okay. landmark no landmark cinemas they've got a couple first run houses i guess because their first run here right that's where i saw 
it, I guess. When we saw you chapter two, I was down here and I watched it at that right. theater. Like I've been down here since COVID. So I haven't had a chance to go to the theater, right? Yeah. Except for to go to the drive-in a couple times last summer. And even that was just to watch old movies. They were like, hey, we're showing Ghostbusters and Gremlins one night. And I was like, I get yep. baked and watch that. Sure. <laughs> like, whatever. So that was about it. Yeah. I don't know. I missed the theater. What can I say? Yeah. I'll go back eventually. I'm sure. Like once I'm vaccinated and shit. Yeah. yeah. They're still doing the $30 early viewing for Disney Plus, which yeah. right now is Raya and the Last Dragon, um, yeah. which I've already pirated and going and I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> so it's like, because Disney Plus still hasn't launched in South Korea, which is really surprising because they fucking love Disney here now. Disney wasn't really a thing in the 90s here in Korea, but uh, now it's all Disney all the time. They have Disney shops everywhere. So like, I was really surprised that Disney... But they have like weird streaming contracts and things like mm. that. That it's kind of similar to the way Canada has their proprietary crave nonsense going on. Yeah, instead of, yeah, yeah. We have we weirdly like Disney Plus is just here and it, every it's full fully featured as far as I can tell. Like it's even got the star stuff in it. Like that they added last week. It's yeah. I I was able to access that this week also. So I was flipping in there like going. I'm like oh that's almost like a Netflixy collection of movies like it's not none of it's great but it's not terrible you know what i mean like i could watch super troopers on it or whatever yeah. like that's always that's always a way to kill an hour and a half i guess rewatch super troopers but i don't know there's so many of these streaming services now that i'm like i don't know i don't like i don't know how much i care anymore like everybody's got their thing that they have on us kind of thing like disney's got the, the marvel and star wars stuff and hbo hbo is less you know Right now, it doesn't have as ton much stuff for me, but like, there's a lot of DC stuff that'll be coming there. Mm-hmm. And then, what's the other one? Paramount Plus is technically the home of Star Trek now, which I mean, I could take or leave at this point because <laughs> fuck. But all those classic shows are going to all get moved over there eventually. Like, they won't be on Netflix anymore. Yeah, I'm assuming at some point. So eventually, it's gonna be like, where am I going to watch Star Trek? Like reruns, uh, not new stuff. Because I mean, I'll watch the new stuff because I hate myself, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was all I had for news. If you guys, uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to bring up, Tim. Um, it's no, pretty quiet week. I, so. uh, San Diego Comic Con announced that they're going virtual yeah. again this year. I'm not doing an in person con. Which... That's just depressing. I didn't even want to talk about it. I, mean, I was hoping they could have mid, some cons. It's, it's mid July. Uh, yeah. So, and I mean, the U.S. is doing better than Canada is in terms of vaccination, but uh, still, I don't think that it's going to be safe safe uh, in, yeah in uh, what's like late july but yeah yeah golden globes happened nothing that we care about really wanted yeah that's why I, I went through it and it was like <laughs> i didn't even i put it in the docket for news and then i was like wait nothing that we give a shit about i know, one, so I know like, we talked it. about the uh minari is uh, good minari is good i'll i'll for steven yun who is in the walking yeah. dead at least there's Fair enough yeah uh, yeah but that's very like it's a very much an oscar Beatty kind of like the whole controversy about it being a like foreign language film technically but fully set in america like it's a, the, there's a lot of controversy around it but it was a deserving film and hopefully it'll do well in the oscars too but like nice. whatever yeah other than that golden globe fuck the golden globes to be honest but whatever yeah <laughs> yeah there's also a whole thing about them not having any black members in their voting uh pool of the oh, hollywood foreign press members yeah oh disneyland is gonna reopen finally on april 1st it has been it will be over a year that it has been closed due to covid and finally california's covid numbers are getting down enough that they're comfortable opening beginning of april at like mm. severely reduced capacity yeah 
Yeah. Great. <laughs> Uh, I, you guys probably didn't, but last week was Pokemon Day. Did you guys talk about the new games that are coming out? Because like, no, they're no. Pretty, uh, So there's Breath of the Pokemon coming out. Uh, oh, like oh, the open world one, the, the open world one that I'm very excited about. Are you though? Uh, well, okay. the The frame rate looked pretty bad, but at least conceptually, it looked really interesting. Like the Pokemon are out there in the wild, like for the like the whole map. And you can like sneak up on them and catch them with your Pokeball and stuff. I was like, maybe I'm cautiously optimistic that at least they're trying something new because they're doing like full on remakes of Diamond and Pearl Generation Four games, which are like, uh, classic. I was going to start out. singing a Prince song to you, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're do they're and they're getting handled by a different studio because I think that Nintendo uh, realized that Game Game Freak can't handle shit by themselves anymore. So they're enough. like, we're taking, we're giving you, we're giving Met, we're giving it to the Metroid team to take over so that they can't finish Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, to irritate me, just to irritate Mark. Yeah, it's a small. We know he's up there waiting for Metroid patiently, not so patiently, but like. <laughs> yeah. The development studio that's handling the remakes is kind of newish. They were they've done like they've not done any like major games. Like they they handled the Pokemon Home like online stuff and I guess that they've now been tapped to do the remakes for Nintendo the builds their dev teams based like that's kind of how they do it. You give them a couple small projects, get their feet wet and then throw them to the wolves or something big. It's kind of how Retro got metroid where they were yeah. like doing like support projects and then they were like yeah. maybe we get those american guys to do metroid prime and then knocked it out of the park yeah well thankfully yeah, yeah. they did but i mean you know whatever <laughs> well, where they've been we they've been working quite hard for nintendo ever since though right like because they were doing like donkey kong games and shit in between yeah. so whatever uh yeah and all right we also didn't talk about the uh the post malone Pokemon 25th anniversary. We don't, no, we don't have to. We don't have to. Hootie and the Blowfish. I always want to pee with you. So it's time uh, for Geek of the Week, which YouTube <laughs> recommended me today. And I was like, what did I do to you to deserve this, YouTube? Oh, God. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Geek of the Week time. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. So this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with Paul because I don't want to talk to Tim anymore and his post Malone horse shit. In related Pokemon news, I had a very oh Pokemon no. Note. I I as I said, I started in my new classroom at my new elementary school. It's a private elementary school, and like it's very like you have to personalize your classroom. Of, of course, of course, it's Pokemon themed. So I brought a whole bunch of my Pokemon plushies in to decorate and i've been oh, building, those are making... those are just biohazards now yeah well they're not to, they're on a shelf out of reach so okay. they're not allowed to be touched and i've been making like my decorations are all pikachu slash pokemon related so i'm spreading the pokemon love some of my kids are already rolling their eyes at me and i don't care like <laughs> you're gonna learn to love it or you're just gonna it's gonna be a long year you should yeah. you should uh, dress up as a trainer and then dress up all of all your students as pokemon oh my god that would be that would be the best force them to wear ever like pokemon ones no you're a squirrel i don't care which one you want <laughs> <laughs> yeah get the like the the whole stop crying back there yeah. you have to be Charmander. the racist one 
Yeah. Oh yeah, you have to be jinxed. Oh, wait, there's oh, multiple. There's multiple. There's multiple ones. racist ones. So like, <laughs> you have to clarify a little bit more. Yeah. Some of them created by Japanese people are racist against Japanese people. So like, <laughs> how the fuck does that work? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Either but, way. But yeah, that's it, cool. It was pretty. It was pretty fun. And some like one of my students. Normally, I have to deal with kids whose English level is really low. But one of my kids is a gifted English speaker. She like she came into the classroom and started. Sneakily... Send her over here. We'll make her king. Yeah, <laughs> she started sneakily reading Matilda by Roald Dahl. While normally these kids are like picture book level, and she's already reading like English chapter books. While she was ignoring the Korean teacher because she was like over it. And I'm like this. This girl is a girl after my own heart, but she stands <laughs> up and she walks over to my my Pokemon display and she says, "Mr. Willette, this is adorkable." And she goes on to explain <laughs> that adorkable is the combination of adorable and dorky. And I was just looking at her like that was a teachable Ooh. moment. You could have yeah. you could have taught her the word portmanteau. I I wasn't ready for that. I was it was the second day. <laughs> the second day. You could have taught her you know, the other thing that she should have learned at that point is respecting your elders. So you should have just <laughs> hey, I, I, hey, kid, shut the fuck up. I, <laughs> I, I, I teach you about a dorkable, you little asshole. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, we went real hard like, against kids last week, so like I gotta keep things consistent. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, consistency is key when teaching children. So you know, well, you gotta, you gotta. But that go. that was my geek of the week was getting nice. uh, call, fully called out on my Pokemon dorkiness by my new student. How old are these kids? Like eight five? Years old. They're eight. Uh, getting that's nice getting called up by an eight year old, eh? That's yeah. gotta be that's gotta be good for the old ego. That's that's, that's nice. being a teacher, honestly, constantly getting called up by eight year olds. Nice. So there All you right. go. Fair enough. Uh Tim. Let's keep it in the Nintendo family. I started playing Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity with Alicia. I, I mostly just been playing it co-op with her so far because like she's you know, it's fun to fucking just hack and slash at Bokoblins and Moblins and shit like that. Um, I, so I haven't started like though? my own. I haven't started like my own story mode on it yet. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of like helping her grind and level up some of her uh, playable characters and shit. And I had fun with it. it was, I saw she liked the. Uh, she was enjoying the story. Yeah, bummed me out because I I got hung up on like the gameplay just being like grind loop, and I was like, I can't. I don't like this. It very much is, but like I, I've also found it like decent stress relief to just go in and just fucking decimate like dozens and hundreds of fucking like yeah, I guess Liz- I don't know, I just, and bokoblins and shit like that. I think maybe because the the combat in Breath of the Wild allowed for so many like interesting variables to be introduced to it yeah that like the straightforward like just hack and slashy like use your powers hack and slashy it kind is of thing hack is and like slashy, but it also I mean, there's still plenty. You can still use all of the uh, the the runes and the and every. You know, like how you're at a disadvantage in Breath of the Wild. Like you're never really at that big a disadvantage in this game in terms start, of like start playing some shit that you're under level for, and you'll find. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, sure. But I'm just like, I don't know. It didn't work for me when I was playing it. Like, I got to go back to it because I want to get the story out of it. But I was like, the gameplay. I was like, oh, it's just. Okay, I played Dynasty Warriors once and it didn't work for me. And like, yeah. here we are again. It's you know what the I mean? Same, uh, it's exactly the same. same yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're just using all the assets from Breath of the Wild. I mean, they yeah. they put some new stuff in and like new oh, skins yeah. and, and a lot more uh, and you know tons more playable characters and shit like that. So and like it's cool because of that. Like they've added the characters and like you get to kind of like you get more backstory and like that's what I wanted out of it was like the backstory that we didn't kind of get in Breath of the Wild or that they kind of gave more of in the DLC than in the main game. Yeah. 
It was like that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, I was looking forward to that. But then like the main game, I was like, mm, this is going to be one of those ones where like, I'm really bored. And I just really want this story. I might YouTube it at some point because yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, she's finished the story mode now and I'll probably jump in and start playing my own story uh, on it soon enough. Although I want to finish uh, uh, Spirit Tracks before I do that. Fair. Yeah, so that's cool. So mine this week, uh, I watched Superman and Lois. I watched the first two episodes. As I've, I've watched the, the pilot now. I haven't watched the, okay. second, the second episode. I, watched the I don't hate it. It's pretty good. Like yeah, for a TV was... show, Superman, I was like, I can live with this. Like, this is fine. It doesn't have... See, this is the problem with these CW shows, though. They always start super strong and then just fall off into dog shit real quick. So I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this first season, I guess, while it's still in, like, first season good mode. I hear they're doing, like, full fucking orders, though, right? Like, this season's only going to be 12 or 13 or something like that, but, like, season two is going to be a full 22. And I'm like, "Mm." That's where you get a lot of garbage filler, like, once of the week uh, shit that really is has drugged down those other uh, CW shows. shows. Yeah. But like for right now, like I, I like both the Superman and the Lois. They're both excellent for like a TV Superman and Lois and like the kids. I don't hate the kids. The twist in the pilot. I saw coming a fucking mile. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And they're both going to end up with powers. You know, they're both going to have powers by the end of this fucking show. Right. Probably. Like, yeah. right. They're just, it's just going to, they're going to go that way. I was surprised. Uh, Emmanuel Shrieky was in it though. Like as like boozy Lana Lang, oh, like yeah. wine mom. I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. But other than that, but I mean, it's doing. Yeah, I mean, I I was happy with the pilot. Um, yeah, like if this is what comic book Superman was, I'd be like, I'm happy with this right now. This feels like what it should be. And I feel like if it's going to continue to lean so hard into the the Reeves uh, Donner Superman stuff, that we might have to at least maybe like review the pilot like the or pilot. the first. Maybe the first, well, I guess we'll see, you know, first few episodes or something like that uh, once we finish our Superman series. When is this going to, it's only, are they only doing a half season of the first, for the first year? I haven't looked to see how many episodes are in this season. Because if they're doing a full season, I don't know if I'm going to be able to commit to that for this year, but like, if it was 12, I would watch 12 and like do a review because we'll be probably just finishing up all these fucking horrible Superman movies by then too. So (laughs) maybe get Man of Steel in there. The only thing I've heard about Superman and Lois is about like workplace toxicity and stuff like that. And one of the writers getting fired, Nadria Tucker. Uh, uh, yeah, fired. I heard something about that, but I haven't looked into it super in depth. Yeah, because she was like trying to say like, hey, maybe your portrayals of people of color is like weirdly bad. And she and weirdly non-existent in the first couple episodes also. Well, so the, the only person of color is the fucking villain. Yeah. yeah well, that <laughs> was what she brought up. And she was like, hey, this might not be a good look. And she was getting good reviews on her outlines and stuff. And then suddenly she's she got uh, fired for saying that her outlines weren't up to par. And so I don't know <laughs> if this is more DC Warner, Warner kind of shit. Smell, it smells like that. But, you know, we, we like can't know for sure but like i'm 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 given the cw's track record with representation i'm i tend to believe her because they're bad on other shows too even non-dc related ones like vampire diaries and stuff like that has like some weird racist bullshit going on and i don't watch it but like i've most most of the flareover shows have had pretty solid representation overall yeah 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 and uh, i mean even they put a they put a trans superhero in supergirl the last couple seasons too yeah, but any good thing that DC does now has a, the big asterisk of allowing, you know, the Joss Whedon stuff to happen. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It, there was another story that, like, had Jeff Johns in the headline again this week. And I was like, God damn it, dude. Like, just 
retire or whatever at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, well, he's, he's the EP on Superman. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's all Berlanti and all those dudes are all in there still. Yeah, so. And Jim Lee, yeah. I think, is EPing it as well. Well, yeah, Jim, I don't think, I think Jim Lee just kind of shows, but he, I don't know what the fuck he does anymore because he still pencils books, but like, he's also not like, now not enough also, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, so far, like so good in terms of the, sh- the quality of the show itself, uh, whether it completely fucking falls off the rails or not, I, I'm expecting it to completely fucking <laughs> fall off the rails because it's yeah. one of these DC flareover shows because yeah. that's what these shows do after like, what, after season two of flash and arrow they both kind of turned to shit i mean arrow was okay in season three but got really weird yeah and season three had some weird shit in the flash and after that like after the first like two seasons of supergirl yeah like except for like introducing superman it was kind of like okay we're doing the same thing over and over again here and i really like melissa benoist as supergirl also like she was really good but like that show just yeah i just wish they would i just wish they would pare down and do like you know a good solid like season of like 12 or 15 or not you know maybe 10 to 12 episodes or something like that rather than trying to stretch them out to fucking 22 episodes mm. especially superman give superman up, should be like fucking syndication model guys it's yeah it's over well especially like superman too like you want to do like do superman as a premiere show right like it's superman yeah. like it's not i mean it's not i know it's not batman but like it's almost batman <laughs> like in terms of how important you should be treating it dc either way mm-hmm Ah, uh, cool. So that's uh, that was my geek of the week. Let's move on to uh, the real good shit. It's meat of the episode time. Meat of the episode. MCU meat. M M C U meat. There it is. Yeah. So it's Wandavision time. Ah, uh, this fucking show is great. Let's do <laughs> the end. Let's do credit. Yeah. Yeah, we can. Let's, let's just fucking finish it there. We, well, we're done. Thirty-four minutes, best episode ever. Uh, I'm not going to allow this to be ruined for me by you two fuckers in the middle of all this Superman horse shit that I'm dealing with. I, do you think I have something bad to say? Yeah, I don't think we're all kind of on the same page on this so far. But uh, yeah, so we watched. We all watched Wandavision. We've all been watching Wandavision, obviously, week to week. Uh, it, it's and we were back in the MCU. What's the one thing everybody on this podcast has been bitching about for the past year? And by everybody in the podcast, I mean me. Uh, <laughs> that is, just give me some fucking MCU shit to get me through this horrible quarantine horse shit. And they finally came through with WandaVision, and they just quacked right out of the goddamn park. Mm. Just, just yeah, into the bleachers. That's a sports metaphor, guys. I don't know if I did that one right or not. Sports ball, I think. <laughs> I kicked the ball into the bleachers. Is that how it works? I don't know. I got nothing. (laughs) Either way. So (laughs) let's do the plot. I want somebody to fucking recap the plot for me. Who wants to do it? Okay. Real quick. I doesn't need to be like (laughs) insane detail. I know there's a lot in there, but like, let's, let's kind of do the overview. And like right at the top, we were doing WandaVision. This is going to be spoilers. So like, if you have not watched it for whatever reason, just get the fuck out of here. Cause we're going to spoil the shit out of it. (laughs) Like just spoils. It's over. So, Paul or Tim, give me the plot, kids. Uh, okay, I'll try. So, after <laughs> Wanda helps defeat Thanos in Endgame, Avengers Endgame, and the Vision has died, in her grief, she has somehow. She's passed- gone to New Jersey, as everybody does in their yeah. grief. It's and true. The <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, you do your you do your travel to Mecca, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You find Bruce Springsteen. Go find the boss, but not yeah. not before she goes to visit Sword. Yeah. No. She goes to visit Sword and big asterisks on that one, but uh, she goes to visit <laughs> Sword and then in her grief, she goes to the town of Westview and with her magic transforms it into a weird alternate 
reality where everything plays out as a sitcom of a particular decade. This lot in Westview that Vision apparently bought for. So I think we can safely say now the Avengers stipend is not great. Because that a fucking empty lot in shithole New Jersey is all that Vision can afford. And Vision has no expenses. Like what does he have? Like he has to pay for like oil for his joints and shit. They made jokes about this in the movies. Remember Cap ask Cap and Sam are talking, I think, about like where he lives now. Cap lives and he's like, I don't think I can afford to live in Brooklyn anymore. (laughs) And I was like, How are they not paying Captain America enough to live in fucking Brooklyn? (laughs) But I guess, yeah, being an Avenger sucks. Like it just doesn't pay very well. Needs to go to fucking Nick Fury, and uh, they need to unionize. Yeah, seriously, get, get Shield is paying better. They're not even Shield anymore, so it's yeah. like it was Tony paying for all of it. Like I, somebody's got to get in touch with Peter Parker, who obviously holds all the keys to this stuff, right? Because he's got those glasses. He must have the Avengers payroll. <laughs> Peter's doing fine now, right? Peter's fucking great. You know, he's got yeah. that money. He's good. Yeah. No poor Peter Parker stories going forward. <laughs> he has control of the Stark assets, but either way. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, so they bought this little they bought a, a house in a, in this little podunk town in New Jersey. Anyways. Yeah. Either and way. So her magic transforms this town into a, a sitcom reality, much to the dismay of Sword, Sentient Weapons Organization. I don't know. It's a bad it's a bad acronym. Let's just so it's, but it's, yeah. So <laughs> it they are very concerned about the hexagonal shaped uh, dimension that Wanda has created. And we're calling so, it the hex. It's catching we're calling on. calling it the hex. Yeah. And so Darcy, Agent Wu, and Monica Rambo uh, form a, a new squad of uh, intrepid government agents who are trying to help out while Director Hayward, the Black Hat. Yeah, I hope so. Agent Wu, please. Agent Wu spin off. Oh, Agent, Agent Wu, yeah, Darcy Agent Wu, spin yeah. Off. yeah, absolutely. Give me that in my veins. Yeah, the the new generation X Files. Almost, it sounds like <laughs> when you say it that way. So either way, Sword. Just so we're clear, Sword is a sentient world observation and response department in the comics. Yeah, and in the MCU has been changed. Sentient weapon observation response division. Okay, which actually kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, Vision being a sentient weapon uh, has... Well, they're all sentient weapons. Like, so is Wanda. Yeah. Anybody with superpowers. That's what they're using for metas, basically. Basically, what they're... Remember, it was uh, Person of Mass Destruction back in the Ultimate Days. Remember Person of Mass Destruction was the thing? Because that was uh, 2001, right? Like, right after 9-11. 9-11. WMDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that was Person of Mass Destruction as opposed to whatever. So now it's sentient weapon, which is, yeah, basically vision or Or enhanced... Enhanced humans, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So the, both of them have piqued the interest of director Hayward, who is our black hat of the series, very obviously yeah. so. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, we'll talk about that. So they're trying to intervene and stop Wanda from enslaving this town, which she has done with her uh, rather enormous telepathic powers that she has uh, suddenly developed. Which no, is- no, she's always like that's been her defining trait in this version. Is that like even in Age of Ultron, she was doing. Remember, she does yeah, the woohoo yeah, yeah, to yeah. Tony. So like but she's I'm been psionic from the start. On- on the mass scale on the scale yes absolutely like she was able to fuck with what like six avengers in that one scene but in this to be fair one of them is like an omega level intelligence in tony stark too so like you gotta 
yeah, fuck with that brain is difficult, but yeah, and with <laughs> like fuck with Thor, and yeah, and one's a th- and the other one's a, the other one's a god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and, and she did the thing, so like yes, uh, absolutely, very, yeah, they're very concerned with her growing power level among other things. So as things start to unravel in inside the hex, the world shifts and changes, and they keep trying to intervene to try to either stop Wanda or kill Wanda, depending on who it is. Monica is trapped in the hex initially, but then is expelled and forces herself back in, transforming her into what we hope will be Photon Spectrum or... Captain Marvel 2, whatever. whatever Something, some energy-based hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, we discovered that one of the residents of Westview is not all that she seems. Our nosy neighbor, Agnes. The canonical nosy neighbor. Yeah, from Westview is Agnes, who is actually Agatha Harkness, who those of you who read the comic books will know is Wanda's mentor slash occasional antagonist. And she's like a a big magic user. And she, she is intent on stealing Wanda's powers for herself because she has discovered that Wanda is actually the Scarlet Witch the nexus being who which well, we haven't talked about nexus in the show yet well we talked there's a brief nexus mention but she's like a big interdimensional power source and who's like has the same knowledge no matter what dimension she's in she can hop between dimensions and she's kind of a, a this is from the conduit. comics stuff like this is the comics yeah definition they've not of gone this down stuff. this route quite yeah this is not no, we're not I'm quite sure. there Okay, so yeah, Wanda is a super powerful being called the Scarlet Witch, and her powers are manifesting mostly due to the trigger of the grief of Vision's death. It's interesting that nobody's ever called her the Scarlet Witch before, because like they use it in all the marketing material. Like, yeah, like I've got action figures that say Scarlet Witch on it, but like never they didn't say it in any. They never use it in the universe, which is just so weird that we're like this far down the road. Like when did when did Age of Ultron happen? They make it a big moment, and everybody's like, "Wait, is that really the first first time?" Like, yeah, that was my because yeah. I was like, wait, wasn't she Scarlet Witch like in Age of Ultron? Like, did they not call her that in that? Like, I'm pretty sure that's what she was credited as in the she, movie. She's also never had a fucking proper costume until now. Is like oh, now no. she she's like, but it's oh, so I, I get a I get a leather like duster basically. I think she borrowed that from Red Natasha too, what, yeah. from what I gather. Yeah, <laughs> so like now she she's finally got her superhero outfit. Like 48 Which appearances later, okay. looks really good. It's yeah, so it looks good. Really good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, and I'm in the middle of drawing it. It's intricate, also. So, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What else do we need to talk? About? Oh yeah, so um, d- uh, director Hayward Agatha. is. It- oh yeah, Agatha <laughs> it has decided is a uh, an, a witch from long ago who has absorbed the power of her coven, but is also a power leech uh, on a grand scale and wants to steal the Scarlet Witch's powers. While simultaneously, director Hayward has created a version of the Vision from his uh disassembled Remains. parts a version yeah. if you will yeah yeah, yeah a, version. <laughs> a vision version fuck i hate you <laughs> i got fucking hate you right now <laughs> so fucking much <laughs> i don't usually go for the puns but oh fuck that was brutal that was awful Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, so we get our white vision, uh, and he goes into the hex to... Yeah, white vision. Well, we can call him white vision, because he's white vision. (laughs) Racist against who? He was a green and red man before, like... Yeah, yeah. The green and red. 
fucking Marvel whitewashing characters. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, they uh, he goes in to take out Wanda and her, her version of the Vision, which was created from the manifestation of the Mind Stone power that was left over within herself. Well, she was given her powers by the Mind Stone. Well, not necessarily given, because we find out in the flashback Enhanced, episode that she, also, had, yeah, yes. she had latent latent magical abilities and basically that they were, let's say, triggered by yes. by her exposure to the Mind Stone in, uh, in Loki's Scepter. And they also, again, very, like, clearly sidestepped the big M word in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. they didn't, because like, she wasn't a mutant in her original uh, appearance either. Like, I went and did some research to, like, try to figure out, like, line up Scarlet Witch's, like, history of retcons in terms of her powers and parentage and this, that, and the other thing. And this is pretty accurate to her original comic book origin pre let's shoehorn in Magneto and the mutants and all that kind of stuff, which was yeah. a retcon from later where they yeah. lumped her into the X-Men and stuff. So the only problem I have with that is that, like, it doesn't do much to explain Pietro's superpowers like yeah uh, yeah yeah you know it's like yeah great she's a witch and like from a long line of witches that's awesome her brother also just happens to be like also flash basically different different superpowers yeah Yeah, for no reason yeah so that's that's a little weird but like ah whatever who gives a shit yeah so the vision uh viz and wanda showdown against agatha and the vision which in the credits is credited as the the vision Vision. yeah yeah and so they take out their respective bad guys in very uh, intellectual ways and Wanda has to kind of, oh I forgot to mention that they uh, magically also had children and so she has to (laughs) send away the manifestation of the vision that she created as well as her two children which she believes are real, kind of and then doesn't at first and then so she undoes the hex and goes off with the dark hold to go study magic by herself as she's astral projecting and shit. And it's really cool. And it was great. Anyway, that's my basic rundown of the plot. There was a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We also missed the, uh, that one of the scrolls comes for Monica at the end. Oh yeah. In the other post credit scene. scene. Yeah. In the mid credit scene of the last episode. Um, So I guess we've kind of gone through the plot top level guys. What did you think of WandaVision now that like season one's over top five MCU project for me? I think it's really really? up there. Yeah. Um, Okay. They made me really care about, vision which i really didn't and i love paul bettany don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. um but like none of the movies age of ultron or infinity war like they made me kind of care about wanda and vision's relationship but vision it was really more based on wanda because they did such a good job in civil war of like kind of giving us like what her motivations were and siding we were siding with her more than we were her babysitter at the time which was vision and Uh, so I was not like on board with Vision in general until this series made me absolutely adore him and what Paul Bettany did through the entire series. Like great comic acting, great dramatic acting from Elizabeth and from the Olsen beginning too. Yeah, and from the start too. Like Paul Bettany's been with the franchise since two thousand eight. Like you got to remember, he was Jarvis. Like he was, like, he was the voice of Jarvis since the start. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? Like it being back then, th- like him thinking, like, oh, this is probably just going to be a, a bit part. Gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- f- fucking bit part. Like having no idea that he was then going to become like 
one of the central characters in the MCU. Yeah, they're like the biggest fucking Avengers like in history too. Like the Vision's a hugely popular character. So yeah. I love Vision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I'd rank it yet, but I would definitely put it up there for sure. Yeah, I was crazy about it. Like I thought they did a fucking fantastic job. It's it's something that hinged entirely on execution and they executed mm-hmm. it so fucking well that they sold yeah. it. You know, the all of the period stuff w- worked super fucking well. You know, the just every time that they took a risk, it paid off because they fucking like committed to it. Yeah. So, yeah, performance is great. Fucking like production. Fantastic. Writing was great. Like this show was firing on all cylinders. There's like one or two things by the end of the season that I was like, OK, that pisses me off that they did that or they pulled that back or whatever, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, um, for the most part, I was I was. I really had a fucking great time with it. Yeah, uh, same here. I was, uh, I mean, I'm Marvel shill, numero uno. So I was like kind of on board regardless. But like these are two secondary characters that like, like Paul said, maybe not super central to the plot. Maybe not fa- like personal favorites of mine. This, that, and the other thing still was just like enwrapped by everything. They nailed all of the like the production design, all that kind of shit. I'm like, I haven't felt this engaged with the Marvel products since Daredevil was on the air. I'm like, this is the kind of shit where I'm just like, I'm fucking 100% on board. Give me more of this kind of stuff. This fucking show is weird. It's drawing from all corners of the MCU. We're getting into the magic stuff and they're not fucking pulling punches too much. Like We're just like, yeah, fucking sink or swim. We're doing this stuff. Here we go. Mm. Kind of thing. But we're also like, we're still building seeds to the cosmic side because Monica's getting her photon powers and like... That kind of shit's happening. Still doing some cool world building in the background. Like, yeah, we still got sword that we're like starting to define now as like a separate entity and all this other stuff. So like, they're still building the MCU out while like giving it that extra branch where like Wanda's going to be a major player in Doctor Strange's world, which 100% makes sense. Like, let's go. Can we have Doctor Strange too now, please? Straight up say that she's more powerful, has more has more power than the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. I. Does anybody else get the feeling that this is Kevin Feige basically like reduxing the Black or the Dark Phoenix trilogy and just fucking like flipping off the Fox executives as he's doing it in the rearview mirror? (laughs) This is my thing about it is that it understands the Dark Phoenix story so much better because of how personal it is. Like the the great thing about Dark Phoenix is that it built out the X-Men world, like um, especially cosmic X-Men, while still keeping it an incredibly personal story about Jean Grey. And as you were saying, like they built out the MCU, but it was still very much Wanda and Vision's story and particularly Wanda's story. And it was so personal while still being like building it out so huge and oh yeah definitely a fuck you to the the fox execs whether it was intentional or not it it they did it so much better timing wise they just got all those characters back they have evan peters in this project on top of everything else which is going to garner all kinds of x-men like comparisons and attention Mm -hmm. regardless and then when you get to the end of it and you're like wait they're just they're basically turning her into like a better dark phoenix than they've ever done in any of these other movies a magic dark phoenix instead of like Cosmic powered, cosmic powered Dark Phoenix, which is basically magic Dark Phoenix, I mean, this, regardless. Yeah. It's already yeah. a story that plays on just a lot of the same themes, so I don't know if I would say that it would like was straight up intentional, but like it definitely. Uh, it just it feels pointed given the timing of everything that was going on and stuff. Like it's kind of like, well, you guys really were going to do that last. You did that again last, and you fucked it up again. Here, you know what? I don't, don't think Feige's. Use- I don't think Feige's that petty. <laughs> Why not? I would be at this point if I were <laughs> like, I can do no wrong. Basically everything I do tur- turns to fucking gold. I may as well try and I'll do dark Phoenix without even using the X-Men characters. That's how good I am at this shit. <laughs> and here we go. So 
Either way. All right. Let's just get into what we liked about this so that we can just finish this episode and I can be happy about how awesome this this show was and um, we didn't ruin anything about it so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Production values right at the top, like right at the start, production values off the fucking charts. They paid yeah. the money to use Voodoo Child in episode four or five or something like that. I was like, oh, they are so such a perfect fucking spending the money on the best needle drops and shit like that. I'm like, all right, they're not fucking around this time. Like it's not cheap to get voodoo child and it's not cheap to get the Jimi Hendrix version of voodoo child specifically. So like, yeah, somebody paid a lot of money for that needle drop. And it was every fucking every penny. So yeah, everything, the, the show looks and sounds so looks like the movies. So meticulously well made. I was really impressed with all of the production. It was so good. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. 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 And what, what they were doing in terms, in terms of playing with the aspect ratios, the, the different formats for the different sitcoms and the, even the graphics and stuff was all like so great. They even went. So and this is what I'm talking about in terms of like, they fucking committed. And that was like half of what made this show work for me is they mm-hmm. used like classic filming techniques to help those like sitcom episodes feel more authentic. Like in the fifties and sixties episodes, they filmed in front of a live studio audience yeah, three uh, camera did, set up. Like yeah. they did the whole thing. Yeah, they did. They did all like the uh, stuff floating around in the kitchen using like puppetry rather than doing CGI or something yeah. else. So it just felt like you were watching fucking like an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show or some shit like that. Felt like Bewitched. Yeah, Which and they, is, yeah. Well, that was the the sixties episode was one. the Be- yeah. Bewitched takeoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and they apparently even used period appropriate lenses to film yes. each episode, so yep. they would even have that camera feel as well. Yeah. So yeah, and I. I, I was absolutely as a fucking like mid-century design like house nerd. I was this is like yeah. this must have been a big boner for you like all this like the 50s, first, 60 the first shit two yeah especially yeah like yeah. the, the uh, mid-century design and and like kitsch and everything that was there for that. I was just fucking eaten up. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. See, I was just waiting for the Marvel shit to kick in. Like that's where I get like as soon as you start seeing the tech, it's like the sword guys and they have all their like toys and shit. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, Mar- Marvel industrial design. Let's fucking rock and roll, boys. <laughs> but then also like keeping, I mean, the writing they kept really period appropriate when they were doing the sitcom episodes. The like shit, like it's one of those situations like they didn't have to go that hard, but they did because they made like a different fucking opening credit sequence for every era. And they were all so uh, good. Like they yeah. were all well-made. Like I would have bought them as real. Like that one felt like the family ties one, like the painted oh, yeah. one or whatever. Well, it was, I was family like, oh ties my God. And, uh, and growing pains, growing pains. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was the other one. Yeah. Um, they, they, they mimicked like exact shots from classic sitcoms like that yeah. shot in the fucking opening of the full house uh, or in the, the full house uh, credit sequence yes. where they're all having a picnic and then they do the like long, the crane wide pullback. Yeah. The, yeah. The big like crane shot there. Yeah. But it wasn't just the, the visuals either that the music, like the way that they use the, the devil's interval in building all of the songs while still modernizing it yeah. for that particular era yeah. as well. Like, just like the sound design and they even use the same set of chords for agatha all along which we'll talk about because i fucking love agatha all along yeah well um, they, they were they were big on like pulling cues from other stuff because like when she's doing her hex thing at the end like she's full-on scarlet witching at the end mm-hmm. and doing the doctor strange astral projection learning stuff yeah that was the doctor strange, strange theme playing yeah. in the background yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. like a kind of dark version of it and i was like nice we're just yeah. basically doing little teasers for all the next couple things because i'm pretty I mean, sure they use that's the, uh, Disney the captain theme, marvel right? team like, yeah that's i mean that's the, you know they, they've they're pulling from lucasfilm's fucking bag of trips like this is just comic book storytelling 
for like on TV. This is how comics st- tell stories, right? Like yeah. Yeah. that's what I liked about this the most is that it felt like a comic story that they put on TV where like, you're not given all the information at first. You got to kind of piece things together like an issue at a time kind of thing. And mm-hmm. these episodes were short and felt like comic issues in a lot of way, like doing those 22 minute episodes at the beginning is kind of like, ah, oh, shit, I got to the end of my 22 pages and like, fuck, I got to wait a month. God, Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it this was, is it why was I another... trade weight, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and it was another situation, you know, while we're talking about the uh, the episode length, where we've talked about this in the past with like Mandalorian and shit like that, like being able to use that flexibility of streaming rather than network television to do episodes that can be just as short or as long as they need to be mm-hmm. to properly service the story. So you're not having to like compact something in and feeling rushed. You're not having to pad an episode out to get to 42 minutes or whatever the fuck it is yeah. these yeah. days with like, yeah, with commercials and shit. So, and then like even forcing one of the characters to roll the credits to end the episode and the other yeah. character refusing to do so. That was an intense fucking scene. That yeah. was so heart wrenching. I was sequence. like, Oh yeah. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. I don't know. Cause that builds up to Quicksilver. Like they, that's where they introduce Evan yeah. Peters yeah. in that scene where they have that. Like, I like that though. Cause like they kept, she keeps using the tropes of the sitcoms to move her problems away and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. eventually just stops working because she doesn't have as much control over her version of vision as she seems to over everybody else for whatever reason. Yeah. 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 So that, that stuff works out. But the, so what did you guys think when they introduced Evan Peters though? Like, were you guys like, like Tim had a theory and I was it just did. baffled. Like I still was like, I don't know why they did that. And then I have a whole theory that I talked. This about is where we kind of get into gripes a little bit. Cause I think this is where like all of us were like, Oh, why did they pull that trigger and then not really do anything with so, it? And it's like a boner. Like the, like, can we just say that it ends up being a big boner joke? Like it's a boner joke at the end. And I was like, you know what? If you're going to do it that way, like I'm annoyed with you for doing it that way. But like the fact that his name's Ralph Boner, I'm like, all right, Kevin, is it something like, like the broken lizard guys that came in and wrote that? It must have been. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? If you're going to do that, like, yeah, his name is like Ralph Boner and he was born in like blah, 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 69. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. He was born 420, 69 guys. Like that's his name. All right. Nice guys. Uh, I mean, <laughs> When that moment first hit where where they reveal Pietro, like it felt like at the time, one of those big pop culture reveals that you could you felt like you were part of like some big cultural what the fuck moment. Yeah. And that and those don't happen very often. And they're cool to be a part of when they do occur. Like, you know, everybody at that time thought that they were seeing like his entertainment history being made, you know, like the first time that a Fox Marvel character, like one of the X-Men characters was going to show up in the MCU mm-hmm. and, and they executed it super fucking well too. Like, uh, you know, at first you only see Pietro from the back, you know, so it could be the original actor from the original MCU actor. And then they reveal it's Evan Peters and, and then yeah. they fucking walk it all back. Yeah, that yeah. was the. I think that they were already trying to walk it back a little bit with uh, showing that Agatha was the one controlling him, but it wasn't clear entirely that it was Ralph. And so, yeah. like, because they they revealed that in the final episode, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, it would have been cooler if they had just bit the bullet and been like, hey, Agatha summoned him from another dimension, like, yeah. and just or like tried to resurrect him to fuck with her, but made just made a mistake and brought the wrong Pietro in. And like that caused some kind of like domino effect. Dimensional but, rift or whatever. Yeah. That was, that was my kind of theory was that Wanda had 
pulled Pietro over subconsciously from, you know, the next universe over kind of thing because yeah, Pietro that's what was, I was hoping to. dead in this universe. And then it like created a, a you know, a doorway or a, a bridge between the worlds that then Disney could go ahead and bring over whatever characters they wanted to from that world. And that fucking like totally made sense in my head. And then it's just like, oh, it's just an actor that coincidentally looks like, Evan Peters who played fucking Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. And like, it's just, it's if, I mean, who knows, maybe they'll come back to this later, but if that's the way that they're going to end, like leave that, that's pretty fucking disappointing. And like a big, big fucking tease with like no payoff in the end. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, is if he is just a random actor that Agatha imbued or that Agatha was mind controlling, how the fuck did he get super speed? Like he's still a real dude in real life. Does Agatha somehow have the power to imbue him with super speed? Like that seems like something that would be beyond even her abilities. I don't know. It's magic. So, yeah. you know, well, we're in magic. That's the other problem. Like we are in magic town now. So like the rules start to kind of like, go out. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, the rules start to kind of go out the window and they've been pretty good so far in terms of like Dr. Strange being consistent about the rules of the magic world. But like, it's still Harry Potter magic horse shit. Like you can just do anything eventually. But, but um, was it? Billy but like they, 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 they did time travel in Endgame. So like at that point, you basically that sci-fi magic. You can do anything at that <laughs> point too. So mm-hmm. I but don't like know. Bill, Billy and Tommy, I have no problem with them having powers because they're totally fucking fabricated, like figments of Wanda's imagination. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Same with Vision. Yeah. But like Ralph Boner ending up being a fucking <laughs> a fucking super speed uh you know fucking metahuman or whatever you want whatever they call it in marvel world it's yeah just that's that's a little too much for me yeah 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 it was a little weird yeah. a little, i was that, that's like the, my probably my big disappointment from this was just like because i well i mean i was kind of on the fence on the whole like bringing the x-men in from the fox movies anyway like i was kind of like yeah let's do new shit and this opens the door for that, so I guess at the end of the day, I should be happy about the fact that they kind of, like, did it and then fucking yoinked it back. But don't do fucking half measures, right? But, like, yeah, I think that's my, my problem was still, like, well, if you're going to do it, just fucking do it. Don't, like, cock tease don't, everybody. Don't just the tip us. And- <laughs> yeah, basically, like, don't tease us and then, like, fucking not do it, I guess. So that was a little yeah. weird. I think we should talk about performances a little bit. Um, and I almost want to go from the bottom to the top because, like, Elizabeth Olsen's performance is just, like so good so and, like, good the, the two leads specifically are really good but i want to go through and like talk about a little bit of everybody but specifically like like comedy at start so like randall parks as jimmy woo and kat dennings as darcy yeah like i was so happy when they introduced those two characters mm-hmm. in that episode was it episode three or four yeah yeah all the the shit where like they were going where uh well even where uh monica and uh woo have their first like meetup yeah and like monica says something like you know so what about you like referring to like why he still knows about westview and he starts like going off and giving her his life story and shit like yeah. that like they yeah. just hit those comedic bits so fucking well he's so fucking good too he like he was so, so funny in ant-man and like just i was so happy when they brought him over yeah, and then and then at that last episode where he gets out of the handcuffs and he goes flourish, flourish. yeah, flourish. <laughs> I love that they kept doing that. He kept doing little like fucking magic tricks yeah. throughout the course of the season. It was all called back to him dealing with uh, Ant Man. Yeah, it's Scott Lang, right? In this, yeah, yeah Scott Lang yeah, in the Scott MC. Lang. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. Like it's the it's it just nice when you get to pull these characters back in that are like tertiary characters, but they like you loved them when they showed up in Ant Man or Thor or. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of anybody else who showed up in something else, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing where you get to pull these characters back and they're not like, 
you get excited when it's like, oh, Doctor Strange showed up or he didn't, which was a bummer. But like that kind of thing's big. But it, it's fun when it's like, oh, Darcy's back. I like looking at Kat Dennings and she's fucking hilarious. Yeah, she and she just gets funny. to crush right away in this because she's immediately like, can I get a cup of coffee? And everybody ignores her. And then she <laughs> figures out what the problem is and she still can't get a cup of coffee. And I'm just like, I feel bad for Darcy now. Yeah. Somebody should get her coffee. Because she's surrounded by idiots. Mark, that's why, because what is less confident than fucking Darcy, which we all knew already, but that's fine. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I just think it's funny. Like, I hope, like, like, I do hope they do some kind of, like, spinoffy, like, half-hour sitcom where it's, like, her and Jimmy Woo just, like, if they do an an Agents of Sword, then, instead of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and put Kat Dennings and Randall Park in, like, I I would watch that. people already, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. They are both TV. You know, a lot of the time you would have problems with a lot of these actors being like, oh, I don't want to do TV shit kind of thing. But, like, fucking Randall Park is Kim's Convenience and fucking Kat Dennings is Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls. Is he Kim's Convenience? Randall Park is fresh off the boat, isn't he? Oh, is he? Okay, sorry. Either way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, like, also, you get, you have like motion picture actors in this movie. Yeah. Right. Like you have Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, who like are yeah. not TV actors. Yeah. And Catherine Hahn too. Catherine Hahn. Is... I mean, Catherine Hahn, like I want to talk a little bit about uh, Monica Rambo before we moved on to okay. like, because like Catherine Hahn steals the fucking show. So like, oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> to go to Paris. Awesome. Like I, she was so great as Monica Rambo is exactly what Monica Rambo needs to be. Determined and, yeah. and, fierce and empathetic and awesome and i loved her and that scene where she walks through the hex barrier and gets transformed and all of her various sitcom counterparts are like forcing their way through that was a good scene and she really she nailed everything but like she's so good she was so good yeah i'm I'm excited to see her story continue like in captain marvel and like i'm I'm assuming she'll be a big player in that secret invasion because it sounds like she's going off to meet Fury. Like, that's who's calling her, I would assume, is Nick at this point. So, uh, hopefully, but she'll be in Super Invasion. Scroll Nick. Who cares? <laughs> who the fuck it doesn't matter anymore. Hopefully, real Nick, though, because it'd be like it's always nice when it's like actual Nick Fury showing up and stuff. But then, if it's not real Nick, then we get, we still get fake Nick, which is Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. So, that's I'm true. Happy you get Ben, Ma- yeah, you get Ben Mendelsohn that way, which like sounds like that's happening anyway. I think he's going to be in that show with he Sam is. Jackson. So, yeah. nice. Yeah, so if we were gonna throw, like, I, honestly, it feels like they're building up like Monica Rambo to be like, like a phase five, six, like lead, basically. Yeah, yeah, and now we're slowly like building her up to be Captain Marvel two. Or I hope they don't go with Photon or Spectrum because those names are fucking awful. But like, hopefully, she comes up with something better when they get to that point. They did already tease Photon as her, yeah, mom's her mom's code name. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have her adopt her mom. Or, you know, if she, yeah, her code name is an homage to her or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean that she that's a new character to me. Obviously, I mean I I saw her in uh, the first Captain Marvel movie, but like outside that, I've never read any comics that involve uh, Monica Rambo. Period. But like I was I was definitely into her character. You know, just as it stands, just as it's presented in the MCU. Yeah, well, I mean, like Paul and I were introduced to her by Next Wave, and then mm-hmm. kind of like she's just a really cool character outside of Next Wave too. Like she's yeah. the like the glue that holds next wave together in terms of the comedy and stuff. But like when you move her out into like the main MCU, she's still, or not MCU, like the six one six still a very interesting character regardless. Yeah, really so. fucking cool. So yeah, yeah she's cool. awesome. So yeah. So why don't we just get to Agatha, like Catherine Hahn, who just, <laughs> and, I killed Sparky. <laughs> and I killed oh my Sparky God. too. Yeah. 
her cackle, her witch cackle that she like brought in in the last episode too, which I was so good. Like she's for, so great from the beginning yeah. as the nosy neighbor. Like she hit every beat, and then it was it in the third or fourth episode where she breaks the fourth wall Reset and moment, said, yeah. yeah, where oh yeah, like, where the kids. I think it's episode it three, like yeah. three or four. Do you want yeah. to take that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it causes visions of like freak out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. she like she played so many different. Uh, roles essentially in that series and nailed every single one of them so i was yeah she was amazing she was amazing yeah she's having so much fun fucking hamming it up and i she just she nailed that fucking role and i i really appreciated sort of vengeful wanda at the end being like you know what here's your punishment you get to stay being the nosy neighbor forever (laughs) and she's like oh god that's like the worst fucking punishment (laughs) you could possibly think of but i like that because it means that they can go back to harkness like later and like use her as a villain for because she's a character that has just sitting there now like no like she's the only person in it left in it now welcome to the marvel universe where like there's weird fucking ancillary magic fucking artifacts just laying around willy-nilly this shit's just everywhere Mm mm-hmm yeah, no, because uh, she's a character that like you can use against Doctor Doom or with Doctor Doom, or you can use her with Doctor Strange. Obviously, like she falls into that magic kind of stuff. Yeah. And when I looked her up, like uh, Agatha Harkness, I, it's not a character I'm familiar with. But as soon as I saw the character design, I was like, "Well, that's a fucking Jack Kirby character." Oh yeah, it's 100 like, percent a Jack Kirby. Basically, character. recycled like the fucking Granny Goodness, fucking New Gods uh, character model into <laughs> yeah into <a> witch. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. All the MCU old ladies kind of look the same. Agatha Harkness, Madam Web, uh, uh and May, like and all May. of them. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all May with like a more with more sinister eyebrows. Yeah, it looks yeah, like it's all, it's all like Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby drawings of old women is basically like what all those characters like MCU bios are. Like when you go and look at like the Marvel wikis and shit, it's like these old 1960s drawings of these characters because yeah. that's where they originated from. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think like it's it's a character you can go back to, and I'm I'm happy that they're getting to the point where like we're not just killing villains left and right, and which I guess we're, we get to see paid off in a couple weeks more accurately too, because like they didn't kill Zemo at the end of Civil War, yeah, and now we're getting to see him come back and be like, no, I didn't finish the job, so I'm gonna fucking finish the job, yeah. so I can't wait. So like in three years when. Agatha Harkness comes back all pissed off and it's like, like the Scarlet Witch solo movie or something. Like yeah, that. and like Scarlet Witch versus Agatha Harkness or like Scarlet Witch Doctor Strange fucking team up movie where they have to take her down or some shit like that. They finally do Mephisto then. Like they she calls Mephisto at that point. Or and all you fucking whiny fucking fanboys can have your de- devil horse shit and just like I'm so glad I didn't have that bullshit on my social media. Oh, well, it's just Reddit, right? Like, everybody goes nuts, and they start theorizing, and it's like, what's the... Because, like, um, Monica's astrophysicist, or whatever, astrophysicist, engineer, whatever the fuck friend, that everybody went nuts and was like, oh my god, it's gonna be Reed Richards. Richards, It's Reed Richards. And I was like... like a weird fucking, like... That's a way, that's a big step, guys, from, like, us just getting the rights back to, like, we're just gonna throw Reed Richards into WandaVision? why no well and it also seemed weird like it it seemed like they were trying to build up that character and then it yeah. just ended up being Nothing. random fucking sword agent or whatever kind of thing and it was just like yeah just like some up. military person right like yeah. from her time in the air force or whatever well, and, and that i guess maybe is maybe that's a common thing because like this series 
did a couple like little teases like that. And we're trying to build things up and then kind of fucking pull the rug from out from you later on, which is maybe not the best way to do that when people get so heavily invested in. The well, shit. I, think, I think I'm hoping that they've kind of learned their lesson after this one, where it was just like the theorizing was just like by episode two was out the fucking window, like insane yeah. horse shit. There was like, we're going to have Dr. Strange show up and fight Magneto while Mephisto's pulling all the strings and like, fucking reed richards is gonna be there like like, this is just why i don't bother fucking like trying to theorize too much because like that's how that's like 80 percent of the reason that people end up disappointed with. well that's the the big problem that i've seen so far is that everybody's like oh i'm bummed out because i didn't get like what i imagined wandavision to be and i was like well you wanted the devil to show up in it like that was never (laughs) gonna happen you fucking idiot like why would you expect that to happen and like this early on in this kind of storytelling, like you don't do the devil right away. You build to the devil. Like yeah. we, yeah. you don't get, that's why Dormammu was in there for the magic shit yet. Yeah, yeah. Like we've only done Dormammu for like 30 seconds. Like what do you expect a Mephisto to show up and just like have a fucking character? Yeah. Like well, you, what? What is this? The DCEU where shit just happens yeah. five seconds after it's it one starts? One of those characters no. you tease like three three fucking movies before he actually shows up for real. Yeah, right. like, like Thanos. Like Thanos, <laughs> like the characters that you've already done. Like they're yeah. already teasing stuff happening elsewhere. Like they've done Atlantis teases already Adam, that we've like, Adam Warlock and but Adam Warlock teases. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure Sokovia becomes Latveria. Like that's my fan theory that I'll I'll hold till till like the day Fantastic Four comes out and it's not right. But yeah. I figure they're taking Sokovia over and turning like that's where Doom's gonna set up. Yeah. Well it's already there. Just give it to him. Yeah. Give it to him. Well, yeah, and like they already they giving us full on Agatha Harkness when they didn't ha- necessarily have to, but I'm glad that she became so central. And White Vision in like one series I thought was enough. And then like setting up the other parts of the MCU I think they gave us plenty to chew Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And like, yeah, so I'm not Sorry, like... Sorry, White Vision just really sounds like like the Proud Boys, like super, like mascot or some shit. Yeah, I'm know. sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he is by now. Colorless Vision or... Oh, wow, that's still bad. I don't see color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... I'm very excited for Agatha Harkness's, like, I, I want Agatha all along to play, like, in two, like, two years from now in some movie while she's like, and it was Agatha all along in the, <laughs> whatever, like, Doctor Strange team-up movie that happens to be, it's gonna be. Yeah. I heard the the point where they had her turning around in the director's chair and, like, doing yeah. the sh- thing. I was like, thank you. Like, you're the best. Yeah. yeah, she was, uh, she was the shining light of this, like, and a show that I was just, like, 100% on board for, I was just like, where's Agatha? Like, I want to see Catherine Kahn just like or Catherine Hahn just chewing the scenery because she was having a blast yeah. and just and ruled. another one of those so. things where like they you know they could have done that reveal in like a more traditional way or something like that like a flashback or something like that but instead they decided like fuck that we're giving her her own goddamn theme song yeah. and her own fucking like little opening credit sequence and that's how we're gonna reveal how, she, so how she's been like pulling the strings the whole fucking time so great i can't yeah. wait to see her come back and just be like super villainous like even more so yeah like this let's do it let's do another wanda season let's make her the bad guy let's go yeah so then we, i guess that really just leads the two leads which i mean we've talked a little bit about paul bettany who was just He's always been good as Vision. Like, he's always just kind of crushed it as Vision, I think. But they gave yeah. him so much more to work with. Oh, they gave yeah. him so much to work with. But and he has he good delivery just, in this. Yeah, like, on both sides. Like, even when they ask, yeah. he's like, 
he's like, are you familiar with the theory of the ship of Theseus? And like, oh, I love that exchange. And he's like, naturally, like he's just like and fucking, it, yeah, absolutely. It works so perfect. Like that's how you fucking defeat like a massively powerful uh, robot character. Is you he Kirk himself? Yeah, he Jim Kirk himself. Is he? Is you, he is you fucking like get, Yeah, you get it into a fucking like logical uh, conundrum that it can't get it out of, and then it. Then his brain explodes. It's the Jim Kirk solution. I was like, "We're this is better Star Trek than actual Star Trek right now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that sequence, I love. That oh, it was so good. It was, it was, and it, it happens so in a good. library on top of everything else. He just like yeah. starts, he's like, you know what? I'm going to beat him with knowledge. Yeah, because that's I mean, what I'm going to do. I mean, I, I that ship of Theseus uh, thing is has always been something that's like fascinated me. Like, yeah, I love yeah. that that concept of like you know is something the same thing that it was even if only the concept remains and all yeah. the physical parts have changed. Um, it's an argument that comes up oddly in Star Trek a lot because of yeah. the way the ships get refit and stuff. Like the ship yeah. of Theseus theory is a big Star Trek theory also. Like we, it comes up in our fandom too. Uh, there's another version of it that's like, I can't remember, it's somebody's hammer. It's like, this is my father's hammer. I've replaced the shaft. I've replaced the head, but it's still my father's hammer. Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Paul Bettany delivered every single line with to perfection. My favorite part was when he they're talking about grief and he says, What is grief but love persevering? Mm-hmm. And it was the line that caused every screenwriter slash writer in the world to become erect and just dis- like super depressed all at once. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. why didn't I write that? Why didn't <laughs> I write that? Now yeah. I'm bummed out that I didn't write yeah. that. Yeah. It's so beautiful, so, I hate so, myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, it's such, the whole season is such an excellent exploration of grief as a concept. Yeah. Um, and it's that's a concept that's really fucking tough to do in a way that is entertaining and also genuine. And yeah. this I can't believe that, you know, a fucking like comic book TV show essentially was able to capture that so well. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it really speaks. I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about like how these superhero characters uh, are like modern mythology kind of thing. And I think that that really, you know, that that's what people use as archetypes and, and that sort of thing these days. And I think that this is just another example of, of that, you know, where they're using these sorts of characters that are larger than life to explore, you know, real human emotion. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a, there was a story I was, this is like totally random, like off topic, but like a story that I was reading something about like how humanity, like what differentiates us from all the other animals is our ability to accept and process knowledge that we didn't experience firsthand. And like storytelling is like a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. And I just find it fascinating that like we grew up reading these comic books and now like, this is the world's fucking mass storytelling. Like we're mm-hmm. like yeah. all these comic book characters are now like, this is the, everybody's obsessed. Like everybody's obsessed with this. Like our, my parents are obsessed with this shit. You know what I mean? Like everybody's obsessed with it. People are asking me like that. I haven't talked to in years. Like, Hey, are you watching WandaVision? It's like, what me? Why the fuck wouldn't I be? I, like yeah. the guy who's been collecting comics since before he met you. Like, absolutely. I'm fucking watching WandaVision. This is my crack. This is the reason I'm still alive in this horrible pandemic world. Yeah. It's because there's Marvel shit that's coming. <laughs> like, I love this. Like, it's like my own children at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm just like a hundred percent on board for the way they're telling these stories and just like making it. And it's like a community event now too, right? Like where every week we're all like, yeah, maybe to the detriment where we're piling in and being like Mephisto theories and where's Reed Richards and shit. But like <laughs> it becomes that event where every week everybody kind of piles together. And we do the same thing before the podcast. Did you watch WandaVision? Like we have the chat, right? Like Tim and I are in there basically every Friday morning. Hey, have you watched it yet? 
What do you think of this? Like, the only what reason we, what we didn't about this? Was because we knew we were going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> only reason I didn't bug him this week was literally because I knew we were coming in here tonight yeah. to just like rant about it. So yeah, it's just been it's been such a fun experience, especially at the end of all this COVID shit. Like as we're kind of like the light at the end of the tunnels there. The light at the end of the tunnel starts with Marvel, and it's a very bright red. <laughs> it's basically WandaVision red. Yeah, yeah. And it so. was it really was the the chemistry between the two leads that really sold it in the end. Well, like, and it, yeah, like before we get out of there, we should really talk about like how good Elizabeth Olsen was. Like just incredible. The fact that she like just as good as Paul Bettany, like switching from Mary Tyler Moore to uh, like seamless too, eh? Like going from like to Dick Bewitched. Van Dyke and Bewitched yeah. and yeah, and Full House and and the way she basically was Julie Bowen from Modern Family in the the two thousands like Office era single camera thing. Well, like, that's the Modern Family. Way. It was one hundred percent Modern Family. Yeah. yeah, it was, and the Malcolm in the Middle episode yeah. too. Oh my god, oh, that's so great. So good. So like Elizabeth Olsen, like I had high hopes for her because I I really liked her in her, the indies that she did before she was cast as Wanda and I was waiting for them to give her something that to do. To yeah. do something meaty. And I, I but I didn't expect her to fucking destroy it so hard every single week. You know, I didn't think that she would be able to handle the comedy maybe as well but she nailed it she nailed it every week and she walked the line so well between the comedy and the more like unsettling you know when she starts to kind of break here and there kind of thing she was outright like scary in a couple scenes like when she starts to turn on people and stuff like she's good at this so like i'm glad that they've noticed and like moved her into a more prominent role like you can make her the lead of like either villain or whatever you want to do or like antagonist i guess the lead of what a force or whatever yeah you could make yeah absolutely why not if she wants to keep working put her on another like put her why why would you not want to have her at this point in more avenger stories like it's fantastic i mean yeah she's like crazy fucking level uh and she's probably the last one who's standing from the fucking age of ultron lineup at this point like who's left from that that team like hawk yeah but he's basically retired you know what i mean yeah. hulk is still around i guess but like who knows what he, like everybody else is retired or dead fat thor i mean yeah well no he's not fat no more they've already <laughs> shown footage of him from love and thunder he got shredded again for love and thunder so he's out there throwing it up still i guess i mean yeah thor that's what like he's the other weird success story out of those where like you didn't think i didn't think we'd still be talking about thor at this point after in the, that fucking second movie especially after yeah, yeah. So after the second movie but then ragnarok happened you're like oh look what they did to thor they reimagined him completely because the, it's almost like the actor wanted to play ball so like let's fucking figure out a way to keep him around because people like him it's exactly the same thing people like elizabeth olsen I think she's been a great Wanda so far. And it's a character that's very ill-defined in the comics also. Like, she's given her a lot of, like, personality and her own kind of, like, feeling of a character at this point from a character that didn't maybe have that much of it coming from the pages. was, uh, like, misused a lot. lot With, like, Bendis. Like, they tried to redeem her with Children's Crusade and things like that. And there was a lot of good stuff that came out of the post-House of M stuff but avengers disassembled and house of m was really like for wanda fans was disappointing because it was just like a worse dark phoenix essentially yeah. whereas now we're getting the better dark phoenix so yeah there you exactly go. so i'm glad that she's getting she i'm glad wanda's getting her moment because i think it's been a long time coming yeah so Agreed. there you go yeah and it's just nice like they they gave elizabeth olsen so much to do and she just crushed it like she was so good at 
like yeah from being like the sitcom actress in every era to being like the scared wanda maximoff to super fierce like angry wanda maximoff scarlet (laughs) witch stuff like yeah all that stuff she just was able to like run the gamut of all of them and like paul bettany too like went from you know bumbly and like having to do it in layers the way he was doing it like where he's playing the vision which is an odd character like it's almost like a data like character to play where you have to have that affectation all the time and then still be like sitcom dad or like the scene where like they cut through the the credits and like he gets really pissed off and like starts glowing up at her yeah and i was like oh yeah like they're they're and they're that's the other part too is like where they're able to cut emotionally in terms of acting between like we're doing the fake sitcom like yes dear blah 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 and then turning into like deathly serious the scarlet witch and the vision are about to have a fucking fuck off giant brawl in their own living room kind of scary moment it's like wow they're really like turning on a dime and doing this shit really well like the acting in this show was kind of carried it which i guess is kind of what you do with tv right (laughs) get your actors and let them act yeah, and they trusted the actors to do that while still giving them so much production value to play with as well. Like, yeah. they went a whole hog on everything, including letting the performers do what they need to do. And yeah. it was, like, such a satisfying thing to watch, except for maybe final superhero battle, which was, like... Uh, See, but no. even that, like, they did, like, the, the laser battle with, like, the two witches and stuff, but they still had a clever, like, twist on it where, yes, like, they did. Yeah, she was turning, it. like, doing the runes and stuff. So, like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is turning into something pretty generic. And then when it stopped and, like, they had the runes, I was like, oh, it's Chekhov's Gunny. And, like, yeah, like, absolutely, you should have done that. It yeah. was, it was, like, it's writing it by cool. the numbers, yeah. but, like, perfect. perfect. That's yeah, exactly. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't have to be, like, ridiculous like oh my god the devil has shown up and like now we're gonna have a big battle or whatever like yeah it can just be these two characters that have been interacting this whole time like having their out and then the the hero proving themselves to be to yeah. have learned their lesson i guess I, you yeah, know what I like I mean? that because it showed growth on yeah. on wanda's part because like that's what what agatha claims is wanda's weakness right is that she doesn't have the knowledge yeah and there she's showing like all right bitch well i got this fucking knowledge that you gave me and now i'm turning it on you yeah. yeah, 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 and now and we know she, now she's gone off to go and like study up Doctor Strange style, so she's yeah. gonna have that knowledge when like she comes fucking, back. Yeah, it's gonna be a hundred times more dangerous coming back than she was when she left. Yeah, fucking excited. Give me that goddamn movie. Come on, yeah, Kevin. I'm really give me that movie. That. Let's do it. That's well. That's gonna it's gonna be Doctor Strange. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, I want that one now. <laughs> also, well, she, she went. I'm gonna be screaming from... a black. I'm gonna be screaming a black about Black Widow after uh, Winter Soldier and. Uh, Cap- I almost just want to call it Captain America, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because yeah. apparently that ties into Black Widow like crazy. So I'm just going to be mm. screaming for my movies now, now that they're giving me the TV shows. Yeah. Give me it all. It's been a year. I'm so tired. Just give me my Marvel shit. I want Elizabeth to- Olsen went straight from filming uh, WandaVision to filming uh, Doctor, Strange. Doctor Strange and Mul- Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So. so she's still in character and ready to go. Yeah, she's yeah. right in that headspace, right? When she went off and, and did whatever she needed to do on that. Doctor Strange movie. They must all be shooting like on top of each other right now because, like, I guess the Spider Man movie is in the middle of shooting or just finished, like, just wrapped shooting not too long ago. Also, so the shooting so. for WandaVision, I think, was, was kind of interrupted up. by COVID because yeah. it started filming in Atlanta at the Pinewood Studios in Atlanta and then finished filming in LA, yeah. uh, in California. So I, I mean, obviously, all that stuff in, like, downtown Westview is, like, clearly done on, like, a back lot, which totally yeah. makes sense because that's what it needed to be to, you know, made it look more like that fucking, like, sitcom, like sitcom town kind of thing, yeah. right? But but there are certain parts of that that I wonder 
there's certain like uh, peripheral characters that I wonder if they would have had a larger role in future episodes if they hadn't had that interrupted production schedule. Yeah. Like, like the hearts, like the demon woman from angel or Buffy. Oh, Emma Caulfield. Yeah. Emma Caulfield. Yeah. Like they felt like those characters were building to be a bigger part of the season. And then they just fucking disappear after their episodes until the finale. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Cause what's her name uh, from 70s show was in the first episode, yeah, like yeah, prominently Deborah Joe Rupp, Deborah Joe yeah, Rupp. and, uh, and Fred Melamed, who's also yeah. like just one of those guys that's character actor guys, yeah. character actor in all kinds of shit kind of thing. Like yeah. both of them, when they put those in the first, those people in the first episode, I was like, Oh cool. Are you, they going to like bring these people back in each era or, you know, even occasionally. And then they just fucking drop them. So I'm wondering if that, that was might one be of those COVID things stuff. That, yeah. I'm wondering if that was one of those things where like, yes, they had planned a bigger role for them, but they had to drop back because they had to sort of, you know, reduce the number of people that were on set or whatever, or schedules didn't work out or something. Or, yeah. There was a pretty cool theory that Emma Caulfield was going to be one of the, the big coven of witches in the big witches story from Marvel a little while ago, Moonglow, because of the name of her husband in the series was the name of Moonglow's husband. So oh, they thought yeah, they were, yeah. she was going to be another one of the witches, which like... I Maybe she comes back. You know what I mean? Like you can bring Emma Caulfield back like she's pissed off and wants revenge and like yeah. goes and learns magic to, you know what I mean? Maybe Agatha is able to break out and fucking teach her. They stay in town together. That's your villain for your next, like if you do WandaVision season two, yeah, you know what I mean? Bring Emma Caulfield back. She's excellent. Like yeah. she's always funny on Buffy. Yeah. So I was kind of surprising seeing her there and then like her disappearing. I was like, Oh, that's weird. Especially like her and Deborah Joe Rupp are like fairly well-known actresses at this point. Mm-hmm. You would think like you have them like use them a little bit more. Yeah. It was exactly my feeling is like, why, yeah. why even bother bringing in people that, you that know, like we're going to recognize and, yeah. and, then, and then only, you know, use them here and well, there kind of thing. I mean, to be fair, like in the moments that they were on screen, they were pretty great. I mean, what that kind of creepy moment where uh kitty, keeps mm-hmm. saying stop it stop it at, in the first yeah episode. well that was your yeah. first like sign that like things inside that like what we call the hex things aren't working properly all the time like things can go wrong mm-hmm. like one is not 100 percent in control of what's happening around her and stuff like that not, not that totally we conscious of what she's doing yeah so like sometimes things like kind of fall the, like by the cracks or like fall into the cracks kind of thing and or fall into somebody's throat and end up almost choking him and dying yeah there's another thing i mean that's it's, that's something that I, I definitely want to highlight is the combination of pacing and tone that I think really worked so well. Like they release information about what's going on just kind of a bit at a time over the first few episodes until like the audience is just fucking starving to figure out what's going on. And then they give us that fucking big ass main hearty main course in the fourth episode yeah. where we learn, you know, everything that's been going on outside the hex and how it relates to what what's happening inside and. And that's where you get like Jimmy Woo and Darcy shows yeah. up and like you're getting a lot of Monica Rambo in that and episode. Monica, so you're yeah. starting to see the other side of what's happening like outside the hex. And yeah. 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 And, and that episode gave me like one of the things that I've wanted ever since Endgame, which was to like see what happened, what actually oh, happened. Yeah. Like, like ground, that's something we people, should talk about. When people yeah. became un, unblipped or unsnapped or whatever you want to call it. It's a lot more harrowing on in this than it was excuse me in, in, in yeah, spider-man in homecoming yeah like, yeah because like in, in homecoming they treated it like a joke, a joke which yeah. it kind of work like it makes sense because it's it's supposed to be a teen comedy and you don't want to do before you have a light fun spider-man adventure it's not that light and fun but you don't you don't want to start your light fun spider-man adventure by being like here's this horribly traumatic thing that happened to all yeah, of exactly. humanity welcome back your mom's dead 
also yeah welcome back your mom's dead or like i mean in peter's case he was already dealing with enough shit like his hero was dead right like we had to deal with his grief over tony having him really deal with like the real repercussions of the blip or whatever you want to call it like the snap so i mean yeah uh, it might I, be I a lot they, for, i get why they didn't Spider-Man. do it there and I, yeah. I i kind of do wish they'd covered it maybe a little in endgame but endgame was already pretty long so like if this is the first you know this was a fine place to do it um, I think you're going to see more of it, though. I think you'll probably get more of it in Adam in a probably even more grounded way yeah. in Falcon and Winter Soldier, because yeah, like presumably those yeah, are the yeah. ground level guys in this world, right? Like it, this is like Wanda and Vision are like in the MCU specifically, like so powerful compared to like even their Avengers counterparts, ex- with the exception of Thor. Like they they operate on a different level than everybody else. Yeah. So when you get to like the cool like. Um, like ground level guys like uh, Winter Soldier and like Cap, that's where you get to see like hopefully the ground level shit happen a little bit more. Like well, how intense the snap unsnapping was, kind of thing. And, yeah, like yeah. we got a taste of it. Obviously, like that was a harrowing scene. Like her snapping and then coming back and then like her mom's like gone and the, in the middle of chaos is happening. I was like, yes, Marvel, just give me the good shit. Like just yeah. do it. You're doing it right. Give it to me. Yeah, all that. Yeah. But they just gave you just enough to let you you know, figure out what's going on in the world. And then like, let's get back to the story. Like we got, this is the story we're telling. Like, yeah, you got to deal with that. Cause that's something we have to deal with now, but like we have to deal with this over here. <laughs> and again, comic book style storytelling, right? We're like the big world is still out there happening. We're just over here dealing with this part of it. But like, this is where it's happening in continuity. It's only been a couple weeks since the snap and like mm-hmm. the Avengers, most of them are dead now. Like we're in that weird like space five and years I, after that, all this shit happened. So and I really liked um, them showing Monica, like kind of trying to do, you know, trying to get back to her like normal life normal, kind of thing. Yeah. And then like realizing like everything had fucking changed and, yeah. and like seeing the, you know, contingencies and shit that sword had put in place. Yeah. I'm really curious. We were thinking, uh, we saw a lot of like, which heroes got snapped in and out, but like the remaining villains that had survived, like was Baron Zemo snapped? Was he, did he have five years to make his new plan? Give me this Winter Soldier shit now, because yeah. I need to know what's going on. Two weeks. I know, two weeks. God damn it. They're, they they, they got me hooked. See, we get to see the fucking Bucky costume that my friend made. Yeah, oh, fuck, so I'm cool. excited for this shit. <laughs> I'm excited for this shit. God damn that show. All this stuff. I mean, at the end, do we have anything else we want to talk about before I fucking wrap us up? Because, like, I can't, I, I don't have, like... It, I'll, we've hit my notes for the most part, so <laughs> that was pacing. But the other thing that I felt really worked well, along with the pacing, was the the tone. Like they just set just the right vibe of uneasiness. Mm-hmm. Like every time, like shit, like Wanda doing shit, like resetting scenes when Vision starts to sort of get that glimmer of recognition. Or we already talked about that scene with Agnes breaking the fourth wall in the the Full House episode. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice that like they've given themselves the flexibility inside the MCU framework to do different kinds of stories now. Yeah. Like it's not just it doesn't just have to be like superhero origin stuff. Like we can do Wanda's having a breakdown and like yeah. there's weird magic stuff going on and like that's one world and like the the next series over is like Winter Soldier and Falcon like dealing with Hydra horse shit. You know, st- like still Hydra Fallout happening in the new in the world or whatever that's going to be and mm-hmm. you know like we there's all these cool aspects of the world happening. They yeah. all kind of talk to each other and we're all hearing about all of it and like I I just love it. Yeah. It all to me. 
And they're giving us the flexibility of storytelling where, like, um, in terms of the characters, too, where Wanda's allowed to be somewhat villainous, like, at least in perspective. Like, the look that the residents of Westview gave her as she was leaving was, like, they were pissed. And yeah. rightly so. They, they don't trust her, and she's scary as shit. And we saw that, like, all the way back in episode three and four when she, what she did to Monica in that mm-hmm. episode like yeah. And, and yeah the rewinding of vision that was super fucking creepy too like uh, wanda's capable of all this stuff and we know that now and yes she's gonna grow but she's also got a, her hands on the dark hold so what's she gonna do with it she doesn't always have the best judgment and they're at least allowing the characters to not always be 100 perfect all of the time and like her and peter both are going to make mistakes and are allowed to make mistakes and i love that about the mc marvel like yeah, yeah and and like because wanda's gonna have to deal with all the fallout of wandavision and peter's gonna have to deal with all the fallout of what mysterio did to him and absolutely so, this yeah. all this all goes back to that old like stan lee like whatever you fucking whatever good shit your heroes do they have to pay for you know what i mean like that's that's marvel storytelling and has yeah. been since they created the universe like these characters are human to a fault like what do they call it feet of lead kind of <laughs> characters or some shit like that i can't remember some literary thing but like clay. that's feet of clay that's the one i was thinking of thank you uh the, like it's, it's very stanley like make these people believable human beings first and then add the fantastical to them afterwards and it mm-hmm. just this it is works. why this is this is why marvel zombies are created <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah. is this kind of storytelling on a large scale that works properly so this is what's it's fascinating to me that we're at this point we're like we're creating new marvel zombies out of these movies like people are turning oh, into yeah. like hardcore marvel fans and never picked up a comic book in their life and it's just like wait what that's as an old man that doesn't make any sense to me but like look at this shit why would you bother picking up a comic book if you didn't have to at this point i guess like these tv shows and movies are basically what you would be getting in the comic books anyway just set to two hour fucking baller ass movies and shit so yeah i don't know and even just in terms of the premise like i think most people had probably worked out early on or even before the series dropped that it was probably a world that Wanda had created where her and vision could be happy together or whatever, like that yeah. general sense. But even within that, they were still able to do like a lot of cool reveals. Like the fact that Wanda hadn't just made this whole town, but she'd actually taken a town hostage. Yeah. In fact, like that puts such a fucking darker spin on everything. Yeah. And then, you know, that Wanda actually created the vision in the hex rather yeah. than like reanimating visions, corpse kind of thing. And that was a weird reveal because like they really, like it, it set up. Uh, I can never remember the character's name. That actor, I just want to punch him in the fucking face. Hayward? Too. Hayward. Yeah, Hayward. Um, like that set him up as like that's a real villainous turn when you realize that like wait he 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 manipulated. Yeah. She didn't steal the corpse at all. Like he had it the whole time, and he just yeah. used that to turn everybody else against Wanda. Like yeah, that was just another point of him. Only showed them what only showed them the key wanted. points like that he wanted them to see and stuff. I was like, yeah, it's really like they did a good job there. So. Yeah. But I also want to like, maybe one of the gripes that I forgot to mention was that like when they, they had Hayward unload a clip on Billy <laughs> on kids, uh, on <laughs> kids. Just, I mean, at like, that point he shot a missile at them like the episode before. Yeah. Just, he didn't I know, see they, it on camera. And, so, and that's I I know that it was built up, but it was it was it wasn't like a sudden turn. But he was so black hatty, 
Like it was so yeah. hard. Yeah, to... but like when, go when you rewatch it right from the start because I rewatched it like last night. Like I yeah. the lot the new one finished. Right I basically like, restarted it to take notes and stuff. I didn't have a ton of notes. I was just like, wow, this is really good. Like yeah. I don't know what to write about. <laughs> but he's so like immediately he's the bad guy. Like when you're wa- like when you're watching it, you get that instance. But when you're rewatching, you're like, oh yeah, he's immediately like the biggest prick in the fucking room. Like absolutely, yeah. he's gonna be the bad guy. So G man, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like Paul, it's Marvel. I know. When are the heads of these fucking agencies ever good guys unless they've got an eye patch? Uh, yeah, unless yeah. unless they're black. <laughs> yeah, unless they unless they're fucking Nick Fury, they're always a scumbag. Like even uh, what's her name, Rhea Hill. Like we only like her now because of Colby Smolder. Remember how big a pain in the fucking ass she was in the six one six in the two thousands? She was pretty horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Wolverine wanted to stab her. Like not like claw her. Just like legit put a pen in her eye because he he fucking hated her that much. Yeah, I remember. Like she was the I most remember. hated character in Marvel for like a decade. And then like they're like, hey, she's here with Nick Fury and just Colby Smothers. We're like, well, I like Colby Smothers, so I'm on board. But like yeah. Rhea Hill's a terrible like bitchy character. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, some of these characters are not great, like not good people, and like they like Marvel lets them be that way, and it's great. But yeah, I was yeah. Uh, and yeah, like right. again, just it was just like so that moment of him starting to shoot at the kid, like he, oh, yeah. I guess he knew that they were he technically wasn't a real child. But he was still shooting it. What's her name too? Like she was still Monica. there yeah. at Monica, yeah. and like not just knowing think- that Monica was fucking uh, basically an energy being by that yeah i was gonna say like it's now turned into captain marvel or whatever so like she's got her own thing going on uh yeah definitely photon powers like with the uh slowing the bullets down and stuff though but it was so fucking all that to uh you know about hayward it was so fucking satisfying watching darcy drive the fucking funnel truck into that's the only scene she has in the last episode i couldn't believe (laughs) they didn't do anything else with darcy in that episode i I actually like that where they were like uh yeah she said that like debriefs are lame basically yeah that makes sense (laughs) it's like yeah i've been through enough of these they're not fucking fun so i wonder where she's gonna turn up next i hope she's in thor 4 like that would just be better be yeah, I mean, so, if they're bringing back Natalie Portman, they better fucking be Jane Foster. They better was, bring back Darcy. They were they they shot on set this week her transformation and like there was footage of like her doing like the onset side of it kind of thing yeah. of her turning into Thor. And I'm like, oh god, I can't fucking wait to can't see wait, like wait. Jane Foster Thor. Jane Foster Thor. Yeah. Oh my god, get me there. Yeah. Um, Thank but- you, Kevin Feige. Just bring me this shit. I don't know if you guys were disappointed. Maybe Mark might be disappointed on a different level that they didn't get uh, Darcy when she went into the hex to be in a tiny yellow diner waitress outfit. I mean, I mean, I watched <laughs> I watched six seasons of that show for a reason. Like it wasn't because the writing was very good. It's because Kat Dennings is just like she's like the hottest thing going, man. She's like just beautiful and. On top of that, like the best comedic actress going, like she's so fucking she's funny. Fucking funny, like just uh, so fucking she's, funny. She's she's very well endowed comedically. Let's say. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Her assets are plentiful uh, in the comedic sense. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So yeah, I I, I was hoping that we would that make game, a Paul? Jesus. <laughs> Even Paul's having a moment. Yeah. Go uh, Kat Dennings. Yeah, I was just wanted. I was wondering if they were going to do a, a two broke girls homage. I'm, I was hoping, but yeah, I, they, they have they have her walk by, like Wanda walk by, and you see Darcy in the background waiting tables. That would have been enough for me. I'd be like, all right, you you got it done. <laughs> was was two broke girls ABC? 
can't remember. Oh shit, I can't remember anymore. Might, I mean, it could have been a rights issue, right? Like if yeah. it, if it was an ABC property, then they have rights to it because it's Disney. But they did Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle is a Fox show, yeah. which they own now. I think Modern Family is a Fox show, which they own now. Yeah. And The Office was right. NBC, all, which and they definitely homage The Office in the opening to the. Yeah, but they were doing yeah. some of like Modern Family that they can like hand wave any office like comparisons by saying like modern family does the same style. So like, that's what we were doing mm-hmm. kind of thing. But either way, but the fuck that fucking theme song though was oh, totally Jesus. an office. Totally. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, what else did you guys have anything you want to gripe about? Do you have anything else you want to bring up before we uh, bounce out of here on this? Just like the only other thing I want to shine a light on because we've talked about it a lot, maybe the last year or so is these like episodes towards the end of the season where they do like a uh, like a big flashback thing or like a fill in the backstory kind of thing. This is how you fucking do that. This is an excellent example of how to make one of those flashback episodes work uh, without totally destroying any momentum that that season had. Like uh, oh, Stranger Things on? season two, yeah, yeah, yeah. or or Haunting of Bly Manor, uh, like both of those. It's like some of the Netflix yeah. Marvel shows, even just like, like totally deflate the fucking whole season. And this yeah. is exactly the way to do that. I mean, part of it is because we're so fucking invested in these characters by this point um, that we want to know how they got to where they are and, you know, why Wanda subconsciously made this fucking sitcom world to, to live in. That's her idyllic sort of fantasy. You can, you can peg that on the fact that we're invested in these characters or you can peg that on the fact that it's just because it's a well-written, well-built-out world. We're yeah. like, yeah, and you are a well-produced show. You're in a well-produced show, but like you're invested because like all of this stuff has been good, right? Like with Blind Manor, you're like, yeah, I'm coming into something where I'm like, eh, I might like it because the first one was okay, but like, yeah, we're going to drop the ball because yeah. you're not invested in it. But like, how many movies have we watched Wanda and Vision in now? <laughs> like, yeah. and this is like what? fucking the 20 like almost 30th or 40th mcu project that we're kind of looking at at this point like 23 movies how many netflix shows how many other series and stuff that we've watched so far like we've been riding this fucking train for a long time so yeah and then the other like in that one episode the one thing i really want to shout out that moment when the uh, bomb hits their apartment like that was super fucking impactful where they're just like happily watching tv and then just fucking total world is upended in a moment like that was mm-hmm. it was it was filmed really well it was written well it was just fucking super jarring and yeah well almost every episode had like a moment where you were like this is really cool like it takes you out of it and like not takes you out of it but like just like really zooms in on like how cool or like how well done the show is like that's one of those scenes the reveal of agatha as Agnes is one of those scenes where you're just like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this is really neat. We're doing something kind of different here. Yeah. Uh, Evan Peters showing up, like you felt like that felt like a moment where we were like, like I was immediately like, what the f-? like into my chat with Tim, like what the fuck? And I was immediately looking on Reddit. It's just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Oh, like, yeah, I was thinking early. I was thinking about an earlier moment. And it was like when Monica mentions Pietro getting killed by Ultron. Yeah, I, that moment was like, <laughs> oh shit, that was an early oh shit moment for me. But even her, like, uh, like about, uh, Scarlet Witch, like she's tossing bolts at Monica, and Monica fucking tanks the shot. I was like, oh, she's got her powers, like full on, got her fucking photon powers because she yeah. just tanked a shot from the Scarlet Witch. Like, yeah, yeah not yeah, anybody yeah. could fucking tank a shot from the Scarlet Witch, yeah, and like. Yeah. Take do a fucking three point superhero landing off of it kind of thing, but she it's kind of a big 
like giveaway at this point that like oh that person's got powers how do you know three point landing they did the superhero landing like and, the Deadpool landing I glow yeah I glow I glow and fucking superhero landing like oh well, that person's got powers now that's your new yeah. superhero for the next phase there you go I wonder if we should go back and like watch I mean at some point we'll all go back and watch these Marvel movies again but like I'd love to watch and just be like do they do the superhero landing for everybody once they actually become like the superhero <laughs> version of it because you know Tony does you know Thor does I don't remember Cap ever doing it specifically. Probably does. Spider-Man hits that pose just like fucking like more commonly than he breathes at this point. (laughs) That's Spider-Man's default pose. Like they all do it at some point, but it's always like, oh, now in Marvel, that's almost like shorthand. I don't know if Cap's done it or not. I'm trying to remember, but like, it's definitely like even Winter Soldier has that scene where like they do the three point where because he's scraping his hand kind of thing. And he ends up in the three point at the end of it. And it's like, that's the badass way of doing it. I guess if you got a metal hand, like. Yeah. It's almost like that's how they codified somebody becoming a hero. Is it oh you're a hero? Three point stance. That's Black how you Panther, know. Definitely Black Panther, one. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like they've all done it. It's crazy. <laughs> so there you go. We've we've we figured out your fucking games, Kevin Feige. <laughs> we understand the formula now. <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> Hire me to write for you, please. <laughs> In terms of gripes, I have one well, yeah, I have one other gripe, which is just the the whole rapidly aging child trope is it's a pet peeve of mine um it, yeah in in terms of comic book stories cuz like yeah. it has been used a lot in comic book stories in maybe the last like 20 years or so so it i wasn't crazy to see that used here even though it narratively makes sense and it's playing with the whole habit of sitcoms to just like fucking randomly age up or recast a young character like yeah. shit like boy meets world and stuff like that I get the instinct, especially in the case of characters like Speedy and Wiccan, to like want to get to those versions of the or like close to those versions of the characters that are comic book yeah, popular. Yeah. Too, I mean, narratively, so. it does work here, but it's just one yeah. of those things that like every time somebody uses that trope, I'm just like, yeah. oh, come on, guys. I like, completely fuck. agree. It's, it's the same as like Worf showing up or uh, Worf's son showing up on Deep Space Nine. And, like he, last time we saw him, he was eight and now he's 28. And it's like it's only <laughs> been five minutes since the Enterprise crash, guys. Like how? Yeah. Did that happen? But yeah, like that's usually something that I shy away from too. Like when they start doing like kid aging up stuff, I'm like, oh man, this is some soap opera horse shit that I don't want to deal with. But like yeah. in comics, eventually, I mean, come on, man. How many how many times have they aged up Jonathan Kent now? Like well, young, Jonathan Kent, Jonathan Jr. Damian Wayne was yeah. rapidly aged and shit like that too. Even Connell, like they used to do Connor all the time too. Like they'd bounce him around up into like the 20s There's and down clone, again into the yeah. teens and this thing. Yeah. Fuck, what a mess. Comic books, guys. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes they age the kids up in dumb ways. Yeah. Either way, is that everything we had? Because like at this point, I just want to rate and review this glorious television program. Yep. That's cool. Let's start with Paul, our guest this week. 10 out of 10. I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. Oh boy. Because right. I fucking loved it. And I would, I just, if this is the first like solo uh, Disney Marvel TV show, and it was of such high quality that like they've set the bar so high for me that if all the others disappoint me, I'm going to be really sad, but I don't think that's going to happen because <laughs> they did such a good job. Fuck. It was so good. Every single week I was obsessed about. I wanted to talk, like I talked about it with with you guys, talked about it with Kelly and Becky, like I've been talking about it like to everyone I possibly can, yeah. and, like, and people who aren't watching it, I'm like, why the fuck aren't you watching it? It's yeah. so good, even if you don't care that much about the MCU, it's just a good show on its own. Yeah. 
if if you have the background knowledge, it just adds to it, and you it lets your imagination run wild for a little bit while still like keeping it to be a contained personal story and being super fucking entertaining from beginning to end. So like, yeah, it's one of my favorite MCU projects. Period. I figured, yeah, Paul's a big Scarlet Witch fan. I figured this would be one of your <laughs> Wanda redeemed. Finally, yeah, I know, sure. like the 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 comics uh, certainly have tried to and like did a pretty good job post House of M, but really, like, if we needed a, a power, super powerful female character moment after the constant Dark Phoenix garbage or whatever, this is this was it for the Marvel. Finally, like they finally yeah. did it. Good job. Yeah, I got more girl. I got a I got a better girl power vibe from like this show, like Wanda and Monica, basically, than I did from that dumb forced in scene in Endgame, where like yeah. they just like shoehorned in like all the girls to the girl power scene. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, and I'm even like I would say better than Captain Marvel. Like I love Brie Larson, and like yeah, like she and Elizabeth Olsen are both wonderful actresses. But what in terms of like what felt more true because maybe because i empathize more with wanda's power being grounded in her grief and like in i just related to her so well and related to her more and like it was and because there was more time to build up to it it was just like more satisfying so yeah. i don't know fucking knocked it out of the park great job wandavision 10 out of 10 cool tim I'm going to say 9 out of 10, just because the fucking walk back on Pietro really stuck in my craw, and there were a couple of other sort of loose, dangling plot threads that never get cleaned up that also kind of bothered me a little bit, um, just as a continuity guy. Um, but I mean, I fuck, I had, still had a great time with it, and maybe the Pietro thing is something that they'll correct later, but you know, me sitting here accepting this as it is, like 9 out of 10, you know, I think the fact that like, I mean, did you guys get keep getting disappointed when you'd get to the end of episodes and think that there was like seven minutes more, but it was actually like all credits like that. The, the best sign of a fucking good show is when exactly. like they end, the episodes like, end and you're like, fuck what? They're supposed to, I thought there was going to be more than that. This is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Like when you're yelling at the TV that you want more, that's a sign of an excellent show. So again, yeah, I'll, I'll like nine out of 10 for me also, like you could probably say 10 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10. I could go down to 8.5 if I really wanted to get bitchy about like, yeah, the Evan Peters thing was weird, and like, there's some little like nitpicky stuff where like characters disappeared that I thought would have been going to be more prominent. Or I, why was there not a Doctor Strange cameo? But like, that's kind of one of those like you made it up kind of thing that you wanted to happen or like you thought should happen kind of thing. So like, I can't hold any of that against this this show. The show was fantastic. This is like, give me my just do Daredevil now please <laughs> i know i fucking i'm a broken record but like if you can do this show this well dear god give me daredevil like oh, i mean i can't wait for all of this stuff now like that's this that's what this show because this was the show that i wasn't sure about i was like wandavision like this is a weird concept they could this could really go wrong like this had the fucking potential to go very sideways right mm -hmm. and instead it's like we're saying nine out of ten like this is as good as anything else that marvel's done so far so like where the fuck are we going except for up from here? Like, we got Winter Soldier and Falcon in two weeks. Uh, we've got Loki coming in a couple months. We've got She-Hulk. We've got Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, Marvel yeah. We've got Secret Invasion. We've got 
We got everything got for everyone. Yeah, yeah, we've got Marvel fucking stuff coming out of our goddamn wazoo's. Hopefully, they'll fucking now that they've got the rights back to the Netflix characters, we can get some new JJ and Daredevil shit. JJ mm-hmm. and like, She-Hulk. I can only pray. Oh man, oh. Daredevil and Spider-Man oh. three, little brother. Come on, that's the yeah. good stuff you want. Yeah, you want yeah. Daredevil and Spider-Man. And my f- my final final thought about WandaVision is this whole season is exactly what happens. When you send law enforcement to deal with something, someone having a mental health crisis, <laughs> instead of sending a social worker or someone better to, better trained to deal with the situation. I kept thinking, I'm like, you, you, this is like a very, very elaborate way of don't, don't send a cop to mental health call. Like, that's what the whole show was. Is a defund the police argument. It is. It really was. It's just fantastic. Defund coming from, sword. Defund sword. Yeah. Defund just, sword. It's, it's, <laughs> In the universe where everything is an agency for something, we have to defund everything at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I like it, but yeah, no, like that's the the strength of the show too, right? Like it works as a fucking like fun superhero like crazy show, but like at its core, it's about like it's about grief and like loss and dealing with that and like the stress, like post traumatic stress that like mm-hmm. one has been through fucking hell. Like you see it in the show, like they show you the flashbacks of like the horrible shit she's gone through. So like, yeah, it, it did an absolutely fantastic job of like, not only, yeah, dealing with her grief, but also, you know, showing us that obviously what we have for law enforcement right now is not a good idea when it comes to dealing with mental health crises, especially when it's run by fucking like asshole white dudes. I spe- well, I mean, in this case, I mean, this is a special case where like the doctor you would get would be strange probably, <laughs> but like, you should probably still have some kind of doctor person involved in this kind of thing. <laughs> Either way, we'll get off the soapbox for now. That was WandaVision. We hope you all liked it as much as we did because that shit was fantastic. It is now time for Geek Cred. So this is the segment where we recommend you something for this week. I'm going to start and I'm just going to tell you if you haven't watched fucking WandaVision, watch WandaVision. Because in a <laughs> sea of shit that is Superman movies, WandaVision has been a bomb on my soul every week. And I'm going to miss... First of all, just getting to watch this show every week. Uh, but second of all, just not having any Marvel stuff for the next like week is going to kill me while I'm watching Superman 4. So watch WandaVision and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's my geek cred for this week. <laughs> Tim? My geek cred is something that you can join us for. Uh, this coming Friday, I'm going to be doing a music stream. And I've already shared it to our Facebook page. It's going to be like an 80s night with a bunch of like fucking, you know, 80s pop and new wave and post-punk and 80s rock and maybe some hair metal, all that kind of shit. So it's happening on Friday night, uh, which is March the 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, it's on uh, Mixler. So if you go to Mixler.com slash Viduch, uh, M-I-X-L-R.com slash F-I-D-U-C-H, you can join us and chat with Mark and I and other people about music and whatever else. Just come and find division. We can talk about comic book yeah, shit. We can probably we can talk about WandaVision too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Great. Paul? In spirit of WandaVision, I was gonna recommend Young Avengers because yeah. of uh Wiccan, uh mostly and his relationship with Hulkling. But they're not the only reason that I love Young Avengers. The entire cast from the beginning was all always great. Uh read Young Avengers, starting with the beginning, the Alan Heinberg, Jim Chung, uh original run is great and like not all of the uh subsequent storylines match up to the quality but yeah creative team team shuffle is always you know one of those monthly comic burdens we have to bear yeah but young avengers has been lucky in having like quite a few storylines that have been pretty great so like check it out because it's really good 
Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for us for this week. Uh, all right, so last thing I'm going to bring up before we get out of here. Uh, if you are on YouTube and are a fan <laughs> of DJ Tiesto, YouTube. I'm just saying, hey, you know, these things happen. <laughs> if you're on the TikToks and the YouTube. Yeah. The, you're the, on the social medias. Well, we're going to add a link to this on the 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 uh, on the Facebook page, uh, along with Tim's fucking DJ thing this week but i did a music video this week for dj tiesto and ty dollar sign and the boys know who these people are i was mostly unaware <laughs> but if you're uh on youtube look for the business part two clean bandit remix and there's some illustration work that uh will be familiar to, well maybe not familiar to you because it doesn't look like my style at all but uh that was done by me perpetrated by me uh and it looks like uh, we're almost at fifty thousand. we're at, we're almost at fifty thousand views well, that's only and, gonna go up and that video has only been out for like a day and a half. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. Uh, I was It was a fun project to work on. Maybe one day I'll get to meet DJ Tiesto and give him the, the exact same blank stare I gave the person <laughs> who asked me if I knew who he was. And I was like, I know who he is, but like, I also go to Tool concerts like all the time. So I'm like, not big DJ Tiesto fan. Either way. Really? Uh, Tiesto's never open for Tool? Are you sure? No, uh, no. I'm pretty sure. I can look. Vice versa. Or vice, yeah, vice versa. That'd be a weird uh, change in. That's like mood whiplash, right? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, like it's like a weird fucking like Coachella lineup or something. Yeah, CJ Tiesto followed up by Nine Inch two, Nails and then Tool. Yeah, yeah, these are two totally different stages with very different people attending. Yeah, them. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so there's yeah that I did, so that's what I did this week. You can also follow me on Instagram MT underscore Willette, uh, where I'm always drawing and posting stuff. I'm in the middle of I'm actually doing a WandaVision poster for this week. Hopefully, we'll have it done in time for the art for this episode, but we'll see because. These things take forever. So either way, um, thank you everybody for listening. This has been episode 241 of dance robot dance. If you haven't, please already. Wow. That's not good. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, you can do that from any podcatching app via Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about what we talked about tonight? So basically if you want to talk to us about WandaVision and why would you not want to talk to us about WandaVision? Cause WandaVision was awesome. Uh, you can do so on Facebook, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. We're on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can hit me up personally, M underscore Willette on Twitter, or you can email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. So uh, I'm Mark. I've been here with Tim. Say goodnight. Boner. Boner. <laughs> there it is. And uh, again, thank you for joining us again, Paul. It's always a pleasure to have that third seat filled, especially when we're doing these fun, fun Marvel things. Oh, it was a pleasure. Love talking about WandaVision. So go watch WandaVision. Go do it. Oh, my God. Why haven't you watched WandaVision yet? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, there it is. So go watch WandaVision, guys. We'll talk to you next week where I won't be as enthusiastic about things. How can you I'm be not coming unenthusiastic? Back for that. <laughs> How can you be unenthusiastic, Mark? Requesting for peace. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That sound you hear right now is my soul escaping from my body. Be ready for rage next week, folks. Oh, I'm going to fucking swear next week. It's beautiful. <laughs> go listen to DJ Tiesto, guys. It's, it's fun, I guess. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Really <laughs> See you next week for fucking Superman, I guess. God damn it. <laughs>